Hey. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. Nice <laughs> to see you. <laughs> what were you playing? Uh, Fortnite. Oh, man, I never got into those type of games. They're too difficult. So much going on. That's for young people. <laughs> too old for that. But you're not too old to play video games. Hell no. I've been <laughs> playing The Last of Us 2 and I've been loving it. It's like a drama. I even cried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jess was saying you get a, a little emotional. The, the graphics are so legit and so real looking. Yeah, well, it's, it's really tied to the story. Joel is, you know, he really makes you believe what's happening. Anyway, yeah, it's been fun. And what's but your cousin what? here? She's a cowgirl, and she <laughs> played endless hours of Red Dead Redemption, and she really gets immersed into that world. And she plays with Jake online, mm -hmm. and they are a couple of bandits. Hey there. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's well let's get this party started. Just do some intros. This is. This is officially episode 52 of the Barents and Bond podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Your Thanks lovely your, your lovely hosts, Corey and Diego Berenson. Hello, Diego. Hello. And my wonderful cousin, Jessica uh, and Guillermo. Welcome. Visiting us with Atlanta from Atlanta. And the cool thing is this is our very first Zoom podcast. So... Pre-COVID, I was very strict on, hey, it's only human-to-human -human interaction going to happen. But hey, that's not happening right now. So it's just time to do it. It's fine. No one's weirded out by the fact that everybody's Zooming and phone calling and interneting. So you want to say hi? Hold on. Sophia's leaving. Are you leaving? Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Nobody can see you. It's fine. Sophia's peeking at you from the corner here. Right on. Hi, Sophia. So, happy Saturday. Diego, I was just starting to tell him what you guys' work was because I like to expose him to different jobs and people that think differently, do different things, and every single person he gets to meet does something different. And, mm -hmm. no, and not one of us does the same thing. He knows a few people that are colorists like me just because, I don't know, we all seem to know other people that do what we do, right? But outside of that, every other person has had a different job. So I guess in short, could you introduce yourself? Tell me who you work, hold on, who you work for and what you do? <laughs> because I don't even know exactly either. That'd be fun. Go ahead and you start. start? Yeah, sure. yeah, to do an official, like, I am... Da -da. Okay. <clears throat> um, I'm Jessica, and I work for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which is a federal government agency that um, focuses on preventing, well, for public health reasons, um, preventing disease and intervening. And so, obviously, this is a strange time uh, to be talking about CDC. Been in the news more than ever. 
I work in the respiratory diseases branch within the division of, for the National Center for Immunization and Respiratory Diseases. Um, but my focus now and before COVID is very particular um, and it's Legionnaire's disease, which is a kind of pneumonia you get by breathing in water that contains Legionella bacteria. And um, it occurs naturally in the environment. And when it gets into certain kinds of building water systems, it can make people very sick. And so my job is to, when we hear about outbreaks of Legionnaire's disease, I get a call and I help people figure out how to solve it. So that's what I do. Sounds pretty straightforward. <laughs> it is actually. I mean, does that make sense, Diego? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> what do you do, Guillermo? Well, my name is Guillermo Vera. I work with the Federal Emergency Management Agency, which is under the uh, Omino's uh, Homeland Security uh, <laughs> Agency. And basically, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA, probably that's how you've heard it, they help people whenever there's a natural or man-made disaster uh, to basically get back on their feet. If their home was damaged by a disaster, if their personal property was damaged, they can call FEMA and we can send an inspector out, check their stuff that was damaged, and the inspector come back with the results, and then we uh, give them cash so they can replace their things that were affected or repair their house, just to put it simply, right? And mm. it's fun to help people. It's a direct way of assistance. So, yeah, that would be the best summary to describe what I do, which is called the Individual Assistant Department. There's another department that is called the Public Assistant Department that helps uh, state and local governments to repair road and bridges, there is a hazard mitigation department that helps with prevention, like, all right, before a disaster occurs, let's see what needs to be uh, fixed or repaired in order to make your uh, building flood compliant. And then that is individual assistance, public assistance, hazard mitigation. And there is the National Flood Insurance Program, which is also run by FEMA. But that is like a whole, FEMA is huge. FEMA is like this super uh, big agency that does all that stuff. And they also deal with uh, the flood insurance and the laws that cover when you should have flood insurance in your home or not. And actually, FEMA does uh, flood insurance payments based on flood insurance disasters. If you uh, are in a flood zone or become... Uh, or if the area you live in become a flood zone because of a flood disaster. That's pretty much it. So I, I think it's so beautiful. You two are together donating your lives and time for the betterment of society. Do you hear that, Diego? They're both, they're both together. And I'm sure that's a big, big part of what brought you guys together is that you're both doing something that directly impacts the American and worldwide public. And... It's, yeah, it's so perfect. wonderful, you know, that you guys do that. You know, I always feel like what I do is a little silly. It's fun, but I don't, you know, a lot of us have a little bit of lacking. Like, I'm not contributing to improving this place that we all live, and you guys both do it directly. 
Well, and I mean, entertainment is always people need it. They, yeah, they because want. and I and I I can't appreciate because once you're done doing all the adulting and businessing, boom! Guess what gets turned on? Big old ear cans. Let's plug in online, Diego. They go right into game mode. That's right. So what you do is not so crazy. You got to balance it. And Diego knows we he gets the game and then he takes a break. You can game and do it and take a break. That's how it is for everybody. Just like yeah. Guillermo and Jessica, they do a lot of work, but then they get to also play some video games. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I would like to know. For such giving, altruistic people, what's your go-to game where you go and assassinate people by the hundreds, or are you doing mazes? What's I know you said Red Red Dawn Redemption. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption. Red yeah. Dead Redemption. So tell Diego because uh, he's done he's done some Call of Duty. He's done mm -hmm. some. What was the other one with the big? Uh, robot guys, the drop down. What was that one? Oh, uh, Titanfall. Titanfall. Ooh, that's another first person shooter, right? Yeah. Okay. And then Fortnite, because mm -hmm. you know you can learn a lot of dance moves in Fortnite. Have you guys? Right. Primarily, what I know about Fortnite, and that it's multiplayer, right? Like, uh, they just they updated it very recently. That it's split screen. Mm, okay. So tell us, what was that latest, what do you call it, the emote? Is the dance moves? Yeah. So uh, They put in the renegade. The renegade. Do you guys know what the renegade is? No. Diego, show us a little bit. You can I just don't do your know hands. It. No, I don't know it. Oh, it's a little complicated. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of moves. Like a robot move? Yeah. So that's nice, though, that you can, like, learn something in a game and then go do it in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am not unfortunately going to be able to saddle up a horse and go try and hunt a bear, which is mm. what. Is that what you're allowed to? Or you, you, you can achieve to. in Red Dead Redemption? Hmm? What other animals can you ride? Oh, can you ride? Yeah, you only ride horses. There's like, there's like twenty different kinds, but they're all. <laughs> Plain horses. They're all horse shaped. You can't, you can't tame a bear and ride a bear. It's very realistic. It's, it's you only get mauled by bears and cougars and panthers and you can do that on the breath of the wild though. That's true. Yeah. You can ride you can like hop onto a deer. Yeah, that's true. No, it's very realistic. I like Red Dead because it's beautiful. It's like the Wild West, right? And it's like a huge landscape and you get on your horse and <clears throat> you can just enjoy the environment. And it's challenging actually to hunt all these different animals successfully for achievements. So you have to use like a combination of stealth and then choosing the right weapon and ammo, sneak up on them. And then the funny part is of course, like you get to craft. So once you've, you know, gathered all the right pelts, you could make yourself an amazing outfit. And so Ooh. right now I'm trying to get all the outfits. <laughs> I want my guy, you know, to look look good out there. So Yes, and that's the big part of Fortnite too, is the clothes. And Minecraft also has a very extensive wardrobe situation. 
right? Yeah. So what's the clothes? It's a big deal. You're always changing clothes and the other guy's outfits, hey. right? Yes, you. You're always showing me the new outfits and the new clothes. Like, oh, no, I don't like that. I'm, I'm going to show you some boots. I'm going to show you this shirt. That's what Jessica's saying, but she uses pelts, which is animal furs and Ooh. leather. Yeah. But Minecraft has come a long way. I used to play that. That's like the probably the first multiplayer game I played with Jake. Like we had a little server where we would get on and like build like a huge pyramid or something. We were not very creative though. It's come like a long way. <laughs> right? Like the convergence of like YouTube and Minecraft is like powerful, right? Because you can like get so much inspiration. So, Diego, do you have any questions? No, not really. Not really. What do you What do you think about what they do? Did any that make sense? Would yeah. you want Would you want somebody gets in a huge storm, their house gets destroyed, and this Guillermo comes in on a cape from afar, like "Hello, checks in the mail. Don't worry, I got you. I understand you." And Guillermo, you hear an accent. He's not a terrorist. He's been working for FEMA for 20 years? Since 1998. 1998, since the year I graduated high school. He's been helping people. Jesus Christ. And he's, he has an accent, which you hear. He's from Puerto Rico. Are you, for, you're, you're moved here from Puerto Rico or, or your parents? Yeah. I moved from Puerto Rico to North Texas uh, 11 years ago. In 2008, I was 30 years old, basically, when you I were, moved. You were 30 when you moved? Yeah, 29, 30. Oh, I didn't know you were that old when you I thought you were younger. Wow. I'm older now. I'm 11 <laughs> years older after that. <laughs> you're, 40, you're 42. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was 29 then, yeah. And so being from Puerto Rico, I still don't fully understand the whole U.S. involvement, ownership, slash your, your own thing situation. So could you explain that for me and Diego? Because he may, do you know where Puerto Rico is, Diego, on the map? Um, no. Okay. Do you know where? Caribbean. Caribbean is. The uh, area below Florida, all those islands kind of yeah. floating in between Mexico and U.S.? Yeah in there right like all that ocean below the u.s it's right it's not really an ocean it's kind of called like the caribbean sea the gulf of mexico there are a bunch of islands there are bigger islands and then there's a bunch of strings of smaller islands it's called the big antilles and the smaller antilles the greater and the lesser antilles in english Right, I was yeah. doing a translation. Antillas <laughs> menores. Anyway, so Puerto Rico is, is part of the bigger, what is it called? The larger, the greater, the greater Antilles. And Puerto Rico has been a colony of the U.S. since 1898. Like it is Guam, uh, Mar Mariana Islands, uh, U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, American Samoa. American Samoa. And you can say Washington, D.C. Yeah. They're in a way, well, not a colony, but a territory, right? And we are all U.S. citizens. Uh, 
we get to vote on the primaries, but we don't get to vote on the president's U.S. elections or for the Senate. And we have a representative in the House, but it doesn't have a vote, just like D.C. So they can submit bills, they can say whatever they want, but there's really not any weight on what they may say or do because they don't have a vote. But to put it simply, uh, you know, where you're citizens, if you're in Puerto Rico, you have very little uh, rights in terms of, not rights, you have very little opportunity to uh, have decision makings in, certain, in regards of what happens in the CONUS or in the U.S. per se, so right? Wait, CONUS is a word I learned from Guillermo, the continental oh, right. I'm sorry. United, continental United States. Conus. Conus. I was about to ask what that meant. Yeah. So Sorry, Diego, do you, do, well, let's break it down more. Do you know what the continental U.S. is? Yeah. It's the it's the big part, <laughs> not Alaska or Hawaii. The forty-eight states, right? I just think Conus sounds so gross. <laughs> like it, it sounds gross and funny, and I like when I hear all the Puerto Ricans talking about Conus. Like, <laughs> well, actually, to be honest, I learned it when I was in Maria. Like, when I was deployed for Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico, uh, I would constantly hear about Conus. It was the first time because they were referring, talking about Puerto Rico, and they were talking about Conus. And I'm like, what is Conus? Yes. And that disaster is where I learned about the continental United States to make a differentiation of one and the other. And at that time, there was uh, Irma that affected Florida and Georgia, and then Harvey, of course, you guys might remember, that hit real hard in the Houston area. It was really insane year for FEMA. Uh, so, yeah, basically that's what's going on with Puerto Rico. We mostly, well, not mostly, we speak Spanish. We have our own culture. Uh, we behave like if we were a country. Like literally, we participate in the Olympics with our own flag, and we feel so proud about being Puerto Rican. But we believe and we behave as if Puerto Rico was just another Latin American uh, country. But we're not. And they use dollar bills, <clears throat> yeah. right? U.S. money. So and there's like Burger Kings and Walgreens everywhere. Yeah. That's a better way to paint it. You have all the same it's stuff that you have. the same. <laughs> right. Uh, you have a big metropolitan area, which is packed with cars. And it's just like being in Austin at 4 or 5 p.m. in the streets where everybody's just like, or actually like Houston, which Houston is a little worse when it comes to traffic. Like car bumper to bumper, people like really not liking it. But you have people inside their car and then you have people outside their car. Inside their car... You know, it's not bueno. But little when they get out little of their sweaty, little, little. Yeah, you know, a little hate happening. Like, yeah, I want to get out of my car. It's hot. And then people outside of their cars, like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, kind of a deal. Uh, but it's 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 fun, you know. Uh, culturally speaking, Puerto Ricans are very happy. They like to party. They're very loud. It was definitely a cultural clash when we first moved in 2008 to Texas. 
because it was like 38 Puerto Ricans, most of them between 25 to 35 years old. And when we all gather and go to the smoking area, we were like just talking to each other like we were just in the park. This is at FEMA. At work, right? That's oh, okay. Located their office. It's like FEMA and Puerto Rico close. Move if move if you want to stay with this agency. So okay, so that's what brought you to North Texas, as they said. Yeah, we're, re- got- we're we're moving the office to Texas. Well, not really. They were just closing and giving us the option to move to the other three offices, right? Gotcha. So I just decided to, you know, chose a Texas office and uh, just like me, so other Puerto Puerto Ricans did. And uh, yeah, it was a cultural clash because in North Texas, it's, it's, well, to begin with, my first experience was in South Texas in San Juan, Texas, which is not too far from McAllen. And everybody's just like me. They're brown and they look like Mexican people. Yeah, that's where Erica and Roger live, Diego. McAllen? Yeah, they live in McAllen and Harlingen. Yes. Yeah. So that's yeah. the first time you ever went to Texas. He was there. I was like, this ah, is yeah. uh, the oh. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was on a deployment, right? Okay. There were some rooms that happened down that area. And my very first experience was like, so Texas is. Mexico, but in English, right? You have all these brown people walking around speaking English. <laughs> Not many of them would speak Spanish. Whenever you go more in depth in the smaller cities, that's when you would see more people speaking Spanish. And I was like a little confused, but I didn't know any better. Texas is huge. And then after 30 days of working daily with people in that area, which they were wonderful and I had such a great time there, I go to North Texas which it's less brown and more white. Extraordinarily and, white. Yeah. <laughs> so, at the building we were working at, there, there are, you know, it's a little bit more older people. So, you know, the cultural clash was, was there. The tension was there, but they were very proper, you know. They were, I think they were t- taking a lot of, a lot of our uh Puerto Rican expressionism whenever we were out, you know, Puerto Rican were smoking, uh, our compart Texans were smoking, many of them will gang up, but you would feel that there were like, oh my God, is this what we have to deal with? <laughs> so, so, so to explain that further, so Diego, you did his teacher uh, right after the George Floyd thing happened and the riots were happening, they he had a week long class of anti was it anti-bias and anti-racism with Ms. Rendy? And they his school's always been open about that. And it's one of the very few black-owned independent private schools in Austin. And oh, wow. Martin Luther King Day is an actual day off giant holiday. They do performances, stand-up memorizations. They always talk about understanding and respecting different cultures, different accents, different backgrounds, and all of that. And I'm happy about it. And, and Diego knows that's part of what happens. They've, they've been discussing it for a long time. So Diego, this is just like what Ms. Rendy said when he, Guillermo, is from a U.S.-owned territory, speaking Spanish. He moves from, basically he's American, I guess, basically, or you are, not basically. Yeah. Politically you, speaking, I am American. <laughs> 
Okay. But I identify as Puerto Rican. It's, yeah, it's, culturally, <laughs> you're Puerto Rican, but technically on paper, citizen. He moved, he moved to North Texas, which is where, where Tio Talo lives, right? And then what he's saying is he underwent some, what did, like, Cultural differences in the Not differences like discrimination. Like, do you, you, did you feel openly discriminated against? Did you have you know to what? change? I, you had to bypass some sort of negative treatment or anything like that? Honestly, on my personal experience, I did not. And I think it has to do with where I was living, Denton. Denton is Most my Denton. second home. <laughs> Denton is a wonderful city. Denton, Texas is phenomenal. And I'll tell you, I have embraced it. You know, you have uh, people like everywhere else, but, you know, I have not, I never experienced any uh, racism or I never experienced any type of uh, backlash or, or, you know, any situation because of my heritage or background. I have experienced that when I was in Chicago. I experienced that when I actually was only in Chicago the one time when I got into one bar, but that's a whole different ballpark. <laughs> Talking about Denton, which is where I live most of my time for 11 years. Uh, no, I, I have not. People, and then the other thing is that Southern uh, hospitality thing in the beginning for me it was like, What's going on here? It was so like, hi, how are you? When you would go to a restaurant and uh, the waiter would be like so nice to you, like it felt like extreme. It felt like, why are people being so nice here? Did you feel like it was they were being rude by being so nice? It felt like it was fake. <laughs> it is. It felt like it was not like <laughs> they're making fun of me. Like they're being extra polite out of a reason. Like why? When is and I'm not saying that you get a bad customer service when you go to the island, but they would go like, "Hey, how are you? Uh, what would you like?" And then the exchange would be short and sweet. But here there was like this accent of like, "Whoa, you are <laughs> the ultimate." So it took a little time for me to understand that it was not fake. That it was honest and they're really trying to give their best and it's a cultural thing right so no i have not experienced and i haven't had any bad experience in then at all and i can only speak for then uh louisville uh, <laughs> dallas north texas region and i know texas is huge and probably some other people have had different experience but uh no even with this he big accent and me looking like a mexican you know <laughs> And so how did, how did you, do you have any questions, Diego? No. Nah. Are you, are you awake? Are you with us? Yeah. I see your crazy name. You changed your name on Zoom. Ooh. So me and Diego have been doing a lot of bike riding. We ride our bikes every day almost. Lately it's been super hot, so I try and get him out of the house early to do a ride. His legs are getting strong. We're going up some big hills. Yeah, you guys have hills. We've been cruising. We did it. Wants to juice land or Marty's to get some his favorite bacon, egg, and cheese tacos. So we went four miles each way. Go there. He does not like, or how did you like going through the woods part? The dirt trail? Not really. Too many rocks? Really steep? 
I don't have the right bike for it, so it doesn't feel that good. <laughs> He's a smart guy. He wants the right tool for the right job. Are we doing trails? I'll ride a mountain bike. Are, are we on the road? I would like a road bike. So Guillermo rides a street bike with the tiny skinny tires. And how fast can you go? He was asking me the other day. I was like, I used to have one. I was like, I don't know, really fast. I felt awesome. I don't know how. I never put a speedometer on it, so... Do you know how fast you've ever gone? Sure. Uh, like 44, 45 miles, usually when I'm going downhill. And if I don't, I know that I'm not going to find myself a curve. I could go real fast and can really scare real quick. Because <laughs> if there's a curve, then you kind of have to measure like, all right, let me probably put a little bit of the brakes here. Otherwise, I could go. You're saying 45 miles per hour? 45 miles per hour. That's fast. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen. Well, when I'm doing it here, uh, it can go really fast down some hills. So if I'm just pedaling on a flat surface, you know, 30, 32 miles per hour, but that's just in leg power and it gets exhausting real quick. That's really putting it all in. But going downhill, it could be 40, 45 miles per hour. Yeah, that's awesome. She was saying you do those long rides because I used to ride to work. When Diego was in the belly before you were born, there was a couple years where I didn't have a car. And I, we lived close enough, so I rode. It was short, maybe six miles each way to work. And I would ride every day. On, I had a super skinny tire road bike. and But this was in Los Angeles where kind of sketch. You I mean, head in the game full. I mean, cars will take you out. So it was extremely fun because I was so hyper-focused on not dying that that was fun. But LA's also known for just having rampant potholes all over the place. There's holes in the street all the time. And I kind of sort of took the same paths. So I kind of knew where, you know, you start memorizing the road like, oh, I know there's this dip here. There's a road here. I know there's a bump there. I'm going to avoid this one pothole here. But when cars coming in and out and then that messes up your memorization of where the pothole is, we got a problem. So yeah. there, was, there was a few times and I used to ride the seat, which was a little tiny kind of like a donut for your butt. It's meant. It was meant, to, it was the uh, noseless seat. So, you know, Diego, like, here's the part where you put your butt on and there's that part, long part that sticks out. Yeah. My bike seat did not have the front. It only had the back part for your butt. Because supposedly I was uh, putting too much pressure on my pelvis and my manhood and I wanted to have lots of babies and I was afraid, I don't know, there was some science. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and... I was afraid to crush myself, right? So I tried this, but then it put a whole bunch of pressure on my wrists because now I couldn't rest my weight on my pelvis. It put a lot of pressure on my wrists. So mm -hmm. now every time I hit a pothole, it would just I could just feel it jamming up on my wrists. So I switched to a normal seat, got really fast at that, and then sometimes when traffic was so thick, I knew better than to get on sidewalks, but sometimes it was just, I just couldn't. And I was like, I was always so scared of sidewalks because cars can come in and out of driveways. You can't see them or people would, they're either leaving or coming in. They don't look for you. 
So my only two bicycle accidents are on sidewalks. First one, I'm going full speed. There's a bush ahead, fully blocking a driveway. This guy pulls right out. I'm going, like Guillermo said, I'm easily going as fast as I can on flat ground. 30. I'm super fast. I'm thinking I'll I'll pay attention and see the cars. It just pulls out and then and then stop because it couldn't enter. I thought, oh, it'll go past me. No, he just pulled out, stopped. So I went full speed, head first into this passenger side car. I dented that door, completely collapsed. I just bam, just smashed right into it. This is why you wear your helmet. I got up. It is why you wear your helmet. That is exactly why you wear a helmet. I stood up, and at the time, this is when you are an embryo, maybe three months old in a belly, my first thought was, do I have to pay for this guy's door? That was the first thought. It was not like, am I okay? How's my bones? How's my? I was like, oh, I just demolished this guy's car. So my first thought was to just say, hey, I'm okay. See you later. Don't worry. And the guy's like, oh, okay. Goodbye. And then he drove away with his completely dented door. Goodbye. Nobody that, wants any paperwork here. I'm not. I, let's just let's just let's just go on. So that was the first one. The second accident was I was going extremely slow because this is a year after. No, two years after that accident, I had to go on the sidewalks. So I'm like, I'm gonna be smart. I'm not gonna race on sidewalks anymore. I'm just slowly going, slowly going. I'm paying attention and being nice looking around my surroundings but this car comes out of nowhere and just just drove into a driveway i lifted my leg i was going to the right i lifted my leg just in time that the car didn't smash my leg against the bike i lifted my leg it hit me which means the front of the car hit the bike i put my foot on the hood of the car as it's pushing me and and basically jumped like lifted off the car and I did a dive roll. And at the time I was doing jujitsu and dive rolls all the time, practicing my rolls. So I basically launched off of it, did a front roll on the concrete without hurting myself because I learned to do front rolls really well. Cause I could have got really, one, the car could have crashed my leg and two, I could have jumped and just hurt myself. But because I practiced how to roll, I just, no, oh, I did a roll out and this skill saved you. And I was like, ooh. I think I'm a ninja right now. I feel good. I just survived a car attack. You can't hurt me. You can't. Got this, man. And then I, I feel good enough. I'm like, hey, you need to pay attention, car driver, not paying attention person. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. And my bike was, it was messed up. You know, I was okay with it. So that person drove me home and they're like, I'll pay for your bike. I'm like, I don't believe you. It's fine. Just go on just go on good move along here so that was my second accident and let's then did, did you get a bike uh my okay. bike i my bike was damaged so bad i had to get rid of it and i did not get a bike again until we moved here that's how long i was like i think i'm done with the bikes right now i'm good and then let's let's continue one more bike story not me i'm the driver now this is a year after that. I'm like, no more bike. I'm in cars. I'm safe, 
right? So now I am the person in a car waiting patiently and I see in the distance this guy coming down full speed. I mean, this dude's going so fast straight towards me, but he's pretty far away. I'm like, he's so far away. He's going, I'm like, he's sure he's got, he's going to slow down. He's, he's coming fast, but he's far enough. So I'm relaxed. He thinks he can just swing around the back of my car going full speed on a road bike, which is the teeny tiny tires, right? You don't have that type of control going full speed. You need, so what does he do? He just smashes into the back of my car <laughs> on his bike and ejects himself. I see him fly over my car in the rear view mirror. I just see him go, and then just tumble and crush, just roll. He's like, ah, ah. I was mad because I was trying to go somewhere. I had it. I was actually going to go home and see you, and I don't... I don't like any interruptions on my way to see my kids. It makes you very upset when you have a mission in mind, like I'm going home and now you're just interrupting my, my flow right now. So I was upset at him. He's like, my leg, my leg. I'm like, hey, tch, tch. Would you, why did you crash into me, man? He's like, my leg. I'm like, I'm talking to you. Why, why did you crash? He's like, I thought I could make it. I was like, I could tell. I could tell. You didn't make it at all. I put him and his busted leg in my car, I put his bike in my car, I said, I'm going to be a nice guy. I drove him to his job because it was on the way home to see you. Dropped him off. He's like, I promise I'll pay. He's another fibber. Not, didn't happen. But I dropped him off. And more, end of the story, this is why I still have that dent on the side of my car. To this wow. day, that dent is there, reminding me of that silly guy. And that fun ride. How old was that guy? Oh, he was an adult. I don't know. This was it, a this was a twenty to thirty year old grown man that should have known better. Yeah. He said he was going to pay, but he never did. Of course not. Come on, Dan. Oh my God. that's bad values right there. Awful. Yeah. So that happened. <laughs> it's dangerous out there. We got to be vigilant. <laughs> On the roads. Yeah, Guillermo had an accident a while back. I have had a few accidents. I started first probably in 2013 here in Texas because in Puerto Rico, if you drive a bike, if you rode a, ride a bike, I take my hat off. You're valiant. You're daring. You probably have a dopamine deficiency, and that's why you ride a bicycle <laughs> in the road. <clears throat> Wait, However, wait, Diego, does that, you got to tell Diego what that means. He's, uh, he's saying dudes are girls that ride fast bikes with no helmet or motorcycles, either one. You just don't really care about your cranium. And he's saying that dopam you need that little dopamine hitter. When you do, like Diego was just telling me yesterday that he wants to jump out of airplanes, right? He wants to try the squirrel suits, <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course you do, and that's fine. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, looks amazing. Sounds accelerating. That yeah. will give you a dopamine rush. Yeah, right? so when you do these crazy fun things, there's a chemical called dopamine that's just released <clears throat> into your brain and your bloodstream, and it just makes you feel euphoric. Like, yeah, this is exciting. Hey, you're alive. Yeah. 
I get it just from Red Dead, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you gotta you, we all seek it somehow. Sometimes we get it easier. Sometimes you gotta get crazy. I think Diego gets it from punching me. He seems to really <laughs> smile really big when he punches me. Or kick me. That's an even better dopamine hitter if he gets a good sidekick. You always get time to tense up before the impact. I try. I try. <laughs> this is unexpected. I wonder if it's dopamine rushes because you know what is coming after the impact strike. Is there any, all right, now it's my turn. Because with my dad, you roll it. <laughs> because with my dad, would I punch him? He's like, it's my turn. And I would be like, ugh. <laughs> of course, it was not. But sometimes, just sometimes be kind of an asshole <laughs> <laughs> and then well that's why i have the little punching bag for the because his punches are so strong now I'm like he's trying to punch me I'm like no 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 this is why we have a punching bag and he said he was going to cut it with a big knife so there was no punching bag so then he could continue to punch me hey you are, are you nine yeah okay okay um <laughs> And do you, what do you do when you uh, use your punching bag? Do you uh, kick it? Do you punch it? Mostly punch it because it's kind of high up to kick. Oh, okay. Is I it one know. of those, like, comedy? I mean, I just think of them as being in cartoons, like the little ones, where you're, like, hitting them over and over again? Oh, you're or is it a long the, the tube? Pier. Uh, it's... Uh, it's like a tiny one, kind of. Yeah, it's not it's not inflatable. It's it's a water base. No, it's 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 got old shirts and towels in there and some sandbags. It's like a baby size real punching bag. It's good for your wrist because when you have a sandbag, uh, it will definitely eventually get the impact on your wrist when you're punching it, right? If you have a water bag, you know, it's nice because every time you punch it, I mean, you're going to have the workout, but your wrists are not going to suffer. I've never tried those jelly bags. Have y'all tried those? Is that what it is? The water bags that come, do they call them jelly bags where it's supposed to give like real flesh or bodies? Yeah, well, I did boxing for a little, for a little time and that's when I was exposed to, I did karate back when I was a teenager. And we just have good old sandbags that were like rocks. And you would hit them and uh, you would feel it. But when it, when you kick in it, it was fine because your legs can take it. But when you punch it, your wrist, you could feel it on your wrist, right? So when I went to the boxing gym, actually here in Louisville, that's where you where I experienced both a uh, bag full of sand and a bag full of water or jelly. I think it was water. And the water ones are the best if you just want to train without hurting yourself, period. What do you think, so, Diego? Should we get some water bags? I don't know. <laughs> you can have one, uh, uh, like, uh, if I had a garage, I would have one of those long, skinny ones that go almost all the way to the ground where you could bo do both. You can kick them and punch them. But just pay attention when you're punching them. Don't put so much pressure because you're going to end up, maybe I'm old. And that's why I end up hurting my wrist. 
but it's fun. And if maybe you don't reach it, if you do a little bit of stretching exercise, you might be able to reach it. Do some kicking until it's way too high. <laughs> and what about you, cousin? Jessica, what's your workout regimen? What's your, what's your physical outlet? I have been running, um, but because of COVID, I'm a little bit afraid to go out and run. Um, it's so crowded here with people out and about, and it kind of ruined my experience, I think. You know, it's already one thing to go. So we live in, in the city of Atlanta. Like, it's very urban here, mm -hmm. and there's a lot yeah. of people who are active, like people on bikes, people walking their dogs, they've yeah. got kids in strollers, like all that stuff. And it's all of the normal paths are just kind of like packed with people. So um, I'm a little bit stationary more than I would like to be these days because all of my running areas, I feel a little bit, it's just a little bit risky, you know? Too many crowds of people to like weave, but weave through like breathing hard. <laughs> Oh yeah, you don't want somebody ah, ah, just throwing all the mist of breath. Like I don't want to breathe on anyone either. So <clears throat> these I, days, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. I was gonna say, are any anybody they're exercising? So I doubt they're wearing masks or anything like that. Right, right. You don't have to wear. There's a new mandate here in the city that masks are mandatory, except if you're working out. And you're supposed to be in a, you know, by yourself, but things are crowded. You know, people want to be outside. Like, it's totally understandable. So do you get? So you not have to wear a mask if you wear yoga pants? Is that kind of? Hey, <laughs> don't you see my outfit? I'm working yeah. out right now. Yeah, exactly. Basically, that's it. <laughs> so I, yeah. So I need to, I need to do better. I need to find a way to be active. Um. Mostly, I got a new hobby the past few months where I'm, I have an aquarium with about 18 shrimp in it. Oh, Tiny. yeah. Tell Diego about your shrimp. Yeah. So this is what I'm doing instead of exercising. Tending to all of my shrimp. And I have five little fish. Maybe you can see them. Let me pivot here. Oh, that'd be cool. Let me uh, turn them up. Sorry about the sounds. Things dragging. That probably. Ten more minutes, Diego. Then I will release you. <laughs> He's hanging. I'm always proud of how how long this kid can hang. Yeah. Okay, hold on, because this is my laptop screen. Whoa. Whoa. Can you, I know there's some glare, but do you see the, do you see the little fish? Yeah, the little teeny tiny minnows. Yeah, those are called dwarf rasboras. There's males and females in there. And then you can see down, do you see in this corner, there's something moving? Here, I'm going to show you. I'm going to feed them a spirulina flake. 
This is like seaweed. It's a just like a I don't know some kind of processed seaweed. Anyway, the shrimp love it. Put that down in there. See if they might they might swarm it. Let's see. Seems like the fish love it. The fish are interested in it, but they're carnivores. So I tried to create a Southeast Asian themed aquarium that you might find these species from like Indonesia and Malaysia and like Borneo, like that area. And there's these shrimp that are like so clownish, like they're more interesting than the fish because they like can basically teleport all around the aquarium. Like they move so fast. The rest of the time when they're like still, they're just constantly eating. They never stop eating. Here, let's see. Do you see them there on that plant? Oh yeah, now I see them. That's all, and all of those plants are alive. Yes. Did that take a while to figure out how to get those? A little to bit. Stay of healthy time. and not die all the time. Yeah. So I did a lot of research. I've probably spent like the last nine months, like in a lot of my free time, just researching, basically like how to have a successful planted aquarium. And so I planted, I, this is a seven gallon aquarium and I put in like a special kind of soil in the bottom. And some of those plants are planted in the soil and others are, sweetheart, you're making noise. <laughs> it's a small apartment. <laughs> so the, um, the plants, some of them take all of their nutrients from what's called the water column. Like they don't need to be rooted in the soil at all. They can just take, absorb nutrients from the water. It's, so some of them are like, I literally glued them to the rocks and the driftwood. And then others are actually planted. And so I planted a whole bunch of plants at once. And I waited like four months for them to like really um, like start to thrive to be sure that they were thriving. And then I added the shrimp. Um, I started adding shrimp and they, um, they all did well. And the whole thing, it's not hard at all. The balance is like, you wanna have the good, good nutrients like fertilizer or soil and then a bright enough light. And they kind of just, do great like it's totally like way easier than i expected and every everybody's like thriving so that's I'm good so you built a self almost self-sustaining you have to feed them what once a day yep yeah, and, how, and how often do you clean it um i change about 10 percent of the water once a week and like i'll i use like a turkey baster to like suction some of the gross stuff out off like the front mm -hmm. but the shrimp are like always rearranging things like they never stop moving they're just like 
rolling the soil like all around and like I'll find them like uprooting plants that I have to replant like they are just like landscaping all the time <laughs> but I mean it's it's pretty easy and it's fun like I guess I just needed like a I started this before coronavirus was a thing and that I would be like stuck here at home like endlessly and so blown hobby full yeah so it's like giving me something to do that's not not video games or being on the computer because that's what I mean I don't know like I don't know about you but it's one thing it's like okay I close my work like my work tabs on the computer and open up like the you know the <laughs> that I'm home browsing tabs now <laughs> it's like need something else to look at so I'm hoping my fish will be happy enough that they'll have babies and then I'll have like a whole little environment we'll have a little school in there mm -hmm. and stuff like that's important you know like we pulled Diego away and I was trying to find a balance between you know there is other stuff that's fun that's not on the computer but it is so attractive to be on and it's just endless stuff to find so what I like about when he plays his video games he gets to talk to his friends and his cousins and yeah. I hear him laughing Token, joking around and all that and you know that's what it's for yeah. but then I was like okay you're not just gonna aimlessly use technology you know I want to I want a purpose I used to rant you know once in a while I'll surf with a friend named Robert I don't know if you remember him but he'd always we'd be in the water and be like paddle with purpose bro paddle with purpose <laughs> and we all laughed because he was kidding not kidding but ironically how corny that sounded in the water then i hear that in my mind now just to apply whatever you're doing do it with purpose yeah you know, we were out there kind of piddling around we never caught a wave we'd be like yeah let me kind of paddle here kind of paint it's like paddle with purpose bro so whatever if you're gonna be online have a purpose. If you're going to go for a ride, have a purpose. You're going to have your aquarium, you know, you've got a direction, you have this goal you're going to, whatever it is, if you have a a purpose or think about the purpose for what you're doing it for, it changes your appreciation of it. It changes how much you care about it. It may make you figure, oh, I really don't care about this thing at all because I don't want to give it the purpose, you know. So once you dig in a little more so anyways if he's going to research so lately he's been researching off-road cars he did a bunch of research there it's like you can use let me teach you how to use the laptop you know <laughs> and he found out a whole bunch of information he opened my eyes up to you know i don't like to do facebook much he's like here's facebook groups where people have cool polaris atvs or utvs they're as they're called so we joined a raffle We'll find out. Was uh, I guess you would know percentages, right? If there's fifty numbers and we paid for two, what is our odds, percentage-wise? Um. Well, that would be like four percent, right? So one, yeah, one because one is two percent. You're you're embarrassing me as a. Well, I I you can't embarrass me further. I don't even know how to use the calculator to find that answer. 
Yeah. <laughs> you said two out of 50. Two out of 50. Yeah, I was right. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> I was like, this should be easy because it's half of 100. Hmm. Yes. Okay. I guess that's how you do it, Diego. If it was out of 100, it'd be one, it would be 2% because there's two out of 100. Percent is always based on 100. I should have been able to figure that out. So we have a 4% chance of winning. How do you feel um, about that? Very low. I agree. It is, it is very low. The, the problem is each number is $25. I thought it was 50. Oh, sorry. Yeah, each number is $50. Take that back. Yeah. Well, so, so you're saying there's a chance. I'm totally saying there's... So I did... I, I colored a music video for a little fun music video for a friend and his, he did a little rapping with his wife as a gift to his other friend. And I said, if I do this little random video, this will pay for our raffle tickets to potentially win a $4,000 car or little thing for him for a hundred bucks. Like eh, that's kind of worth a 4% chance. I feel. That sounds so cool. So it's like a, do you say it's a Polaris? A Polaris. And what type is it? Uh, Ace. Ace, that's right. Polaris Ace. It's meant for 10, 10 year olds and up. up. It's a one seater? Oh. It's a one seater. And how fast can it go? Um, not sure. Is that a go? What is a Polaris? It's kind of like. It's like, a. Like, Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's like, like a, a gator. gator. It's a gator, but different. <laughs> okay, cool. So one, I think you can, it has limits. I think the fastest it can go is 30, which is still pretty fast. It's still pretty yeah. good. I want to see this. Yeah, it looks It looks fun. And, oh, yeah. You know. It's got a, like a roll cage on it, huh? It sure does. <laughs> Because Diego is ready to race. He wants to go full speed. He wants to go head-to-head mm -hmm. -head competition. He found, he found some places where we can drive it. Nice. And I'm sure when you go to the ranch, Jake and Brandy will help you build your own course or something. <laughs> they should. I do want to totally talk to them about building a some kind of mountain bike path through the entire ranch because it's such a great destination because when we went camping with Diego, I was like, this is, there was a kind of, kind of, you call it, it's not thrash or sh shred, the term is, you know, it's like shred a path mm -hmm. that you could ride. It would be a really fun mountain biking place to like stay in a teeny tiny, your camp and ride for a weekend would be awesome. Yeah, Jake has, I mean, I'm not going to promise anything on their behalf, but, you know, it's like Jake has all that stuff to, like, um, Make he used to build, he had a track, like, a long time ago when we were kids, uh -huh. up kind of in that spot where the, like, decrepit treehouse is. Oh, yeah. The, the terrifying treehouse. The, sna the snake den of, of fury. Yeah, the <laughs> Fort Berman. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's... It, there was like just a flat spot up there. And I think when Jake was a teenager, he got the tractor and just started making moguls and jumps, you know? And then later when he got back into motorcycles, like a few years ago, he might've cut some paths at some point, 
for motorcycle. But I mean, there's so much space there. And like, I took my mountain bike twice when I had my mountain bike and definitely you are right on the spot. It would be a great idea to, you know, there are certain type of elevations, so you don't want it all flat. You're a mountain biker and you want some action. Right. And there's some, actually there was, there's an area where there's like a ramp going downhill. And I'll be honest with you. At the time I went there, I, it had been like six or seven months that I haven't been practicing with my mountain bike. And at any other point, I would be very cowboyish and being like, I'll go down there. <laughs> so when I saw it, uh, Jake was like, are you sure you can do this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I didn't end up doing it at all. I was <laughs> busting myself going downhill. But there is a lot of potential on the ranch to make a path that can work both for motorcycle riding and mountain bike. And that thing that you said about people camping and whatnot, I think it'd be fantastic. The Goat Ranch Mountain Bike Trail. Because I got, we, we just, we bought some stuff at REI before we did our Goat Ranch camping thing. And then I signed up for the membership and it, they sent me a little, here's a thing of some more gear for you to buy. But it was a really epic picture of two dudes on like fitted bikes carrying all their gear. And it's called mm -hmm. Bike Packing. So it's meant for you to get your mountain bike and have, it's got these really cool streamlined saddlebags that, that just cover your bike and you have all of your gear, you know, everything on your bike. That's so fun. Your kitchen, your tent, your everything. So I would, maybe one day Diego will do that. Just kind of cruise out on mountain bikes and go camping. It'd be really fun. I saw a lot of that when I went to, uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of El Camino, which is this long pilgrimage from France, northern. It's it, it's in Spain. It's in northern Spain, and you walk all the way from the beginning of the frontier from France all the way to the Atlantic. So some people do it walking, and some others do it in mountain bikes. And I saw some folks that were doing it with what you're describing with their mountain bikes packed, and they would camp. And they would do that long trek that walking would take you 30 days in just 10 days. And that's something that after I did it with my sister, I only did a seven day walk. Uh, I've been always looking forward, like it'd be an experience to do this on a mountain bike. Well, I, hey, if you want to plan that, let's after this crazy pandemic, I'm up for that. Oh, it would be. I would love to do that. Oh, it would be fantastic. And, uh, I think it'd be a brighter experience for Diego. He would love it. Yeah, let's all go. Jess, you down? I, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> I guess we would have to rent the equipment, though. Because I, think about, you know, yeah, yes. their equipment, the rental is going to be better than what I've got. I've got a a very legit Walmart situation going, so I'm, I'm good leaving that behind. And Diego, you're, if you want to dip out, we'll keep talking if you want to go back to uh, Fortniteing. Yeah. Thank you. You want to say thank you and goodbye? Bye. Here you go. Nice to see you. Me too. It was good to see you, man. Mm -hmm. You know how to end it? Yeah, he's a pro. Boom. Boom. He had, he was just had his finger waiting. Sure. He's going to say it any second now. <laughs>
mean, Saturday morning, it's time to play with your friends. Out of adultery. He was up at 7.30. He was in game mode. Oh, boy. Yeah. I, I, I wish remember. I could get back to that when I was a kid when I was so excited to wake up so because I had so much to do. So many, so many activities waiting for you. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was shit, 11, 13, 12, when I first got my Nintendo 8-bit, oh, I yeah. would wake up so early. Just to play. Just be all day playing. At that time, my parents didn't care because I actually had an active light outside the house. Okay. But I would also spend like a shitload of time playing Nintendo and then the Super Nintendo. But then I also, you know, I was, it was both in and out, in and out. So, but I would spend a lot of time, yeah, playing video games. And yes. I still do now. And actually, Jessica is the one that brought me back and dragged me into video games because, like, for about four or five years, I stopped. Bad influence. What were you doing? I guess. Well, Jess, were you were you always playing, or was that a new thing just because you were cooped up doing this whole quarantine situation? Um, no, it's not new because of quarantine. I guess I started playing video games kind of again when I moved to Atlanta because I got, you know, most of the time Guillermo and I are not together; we're long distance, mm -hmm. and so. Um, and I'm not huge on watching TV shows and movies. Um, so for me, it was just like, I, I guess I just wanted something to do, you know, uh, to kind of relax, but have that right amount of focus. Cause I have, sometimes have a very hard time focusing on video, like on movies or TV shows. She doesn't like them. Yeah. I've recently noticed that where I was, like I'll question Sophia because she'll just chill. And on the on screen days, she'll just chill, just locked in, right? Yeah. If I let her, just be hundred percent of the day. So we take, you know, we they're on for two hours and take an hour break. On for two hours, take an hour break on the screen days. And I'll ask her when she's watching her show, like whatever it is, like, hey, what's what's happening on this show? And I'll question Diego if he's watching something too. But usually she watches more shows. He likes to play games. But as long as she can give me the breakdown of what's happening, mm -hmm. I, I let her keep watching it. Some shows, if she's like, I have no idea what's happening, I'm like, turn it off, pick something else. Yeah. It's too, it's too brain jamming. Like the shows are so fast, so flashy, so bright. Yeah. You're just watching flashes of light. You have, you're literally doing just that. But other times she'll watch shows and she's like, oh, so and so is doing this. They went over to the, you know, this other girl's house. Both of them are trying to get together to do this other thing for the person. And but and she'll as long as she can tell me the whole story and all the details, at least I know she's just not blindly, mindlessly watching without paying attention at all. Even if it's nonsense, at least pay attention to the nonsense. Retain information. Yeah. So... She pays attention more now because she knows I'll randomly just question her, like, what's happening in this My Little Pony episode, you know? But she can give me all the details, and then I know. I'm like, okay. But I, I didn't notice it how before I started doing that, how many times she would just say, it had been an hour, and she'd be like, I, I don't know. 
I'm like, well, that's, that's really bad. If I did something for a, an entire hour and you asked me what happened, I'm like, I have no idea. So then I'm like, wait a minute. Why am I not asking myself? Okay. Right. So I should be the steward of my own inquisition. So then I, after watching something with Melissa, like internally, I would question myself. If I was to explain to a person who hadn't seen this thing, could I explain it? And eight times out of 10, I couldn't even explain it to myself. I couldn't repeat more than a sentence or two. Yeah. I'm like, this is really bad. I'm really not paying attention. I'm not focusing. And it's, and it was like a light went off. Like, wow, I am. I'm maybe I'm not capable of remembering things or I really don't care about this. One or the other, this is not good. So that's when I started going back to, like you asked me the other day, like, do I do Kindle or books? So now I do more books because I recognize in myself that I was as much like I'm into it in the moment, you know, when you're someone's telling you something like, yes, I totally get this. And then 20 minutes later, like, I don't know what happened. So I'll re I can re I can return to that book and reread those sections or I highlight it now because I will forget. And it's just crazy how much we'll just consume and 100% not plan on retaining it. Yeah. So, like I said, if you're not paddling with purpose, bro, like you're just deciding I'm going to 100% check out right now, and then check out fully also, you know, like don't even fake it. I feel yeah. like like someone, something I was listening to the other day, they're talking about relaxing, you know, like work hard, then relax, right? Work hard. And they're saying like, you don't, he was like, you don't even relax right, man. You don't even know. You don't even relax right. You don't even relax good. And I was like, I don't think I even relax good. So I'm not fully paying attention when I'm supposed to. But then when I'm relaxing, I'm not even doing that committed. So you're in this weird quasi uncomfortable agitated space, which I recognize that was the underlying feeling of me kind of being unnecessarily aggro at times. And I'm like, you know, mm -hmm. like, I don't like when I get upset at things when I later think about it. I don't know if you guys, when you lay down, do you, when you go to sleep or lay down, when you find like, okay, TVs are off, screens are off, be quiet for five minutes, not fully meditating, but just sit. It's like this wave of what you did either today or last week. And you're like, wow, that was bad. That was good. I wasn't paying attention here. I don't know. It just gives me a moment of uh, what I did good and what I did bad for myself, just kind of a self-analysis. It happens more frequently when there's two small people that you're creating a universe for, which is mind-blowing. And we imagine. It's, it's a different level. Yeah. But I know what you're talking about. I have that thing like at night, I lay down and then I'm like, Okay, let's uh, do a little performance review here. <laughs> exactly. <Okay. laughs> How did you deal with all these different work interactions? For me, usually that's what it is. It's like, mm -hmm. what could have been better? What, what maybe I didn't handle? Has has any of that changed behavior going forward? Do you, have you noticed anything? Any anything that you now pay attention to during the days? When you know, like you've 
you identified it and now you're going to adjust future behaviors because of it? Mm, I think for me, yeah, it's, um, I think I'm normally pretty good about this, but it can always be better, which is like, I try not to like emotionally react to anything like in the moment. Just very good at it. Uh, but I'm not always great. So I can get like annoyed pretty easily at work, um, especially. And so, I mean, it's not great to get annoyed. Like, even if I am annoyed, I should stop and think, why am I annoyed? Because usually there's not a good reason for it. And then I don't like when I react out of annoyance. Like, I really don't like that in myself. So I try. She's really good at identifying when she is somehow failing, or at least in her mind. Uh, or reacting to her emotions way too controlled as opposed to me. I, I have a constant battle with my mind. I have recurrent thoughts of bad shit that are irrational and I acknowledge it, but I can't fight it all the time. And sometimes it's overwhelming. And that's why I get my bike. I punch myself to try to avoid all those recurring awful thoughts of things that has happened in the past. Sometimes I can remember, like I have an, a, a library of awful things that little scenarios that I, maybe I got embarrassed of that didn't just pop up and I can get rid of them. And I acknowledge that it's an irrational thought and it makes me feel awful. And I, Jessica was the one who told me like, it's not going to harm you you're the only one who's thinking about how that makes you feel and drag and it's dragging you down. Just be aware of it and trying to change your mindset. And in theory, that sounds very simple, but when you have a mind that is just designed to take you down and, or just be persistent about that thought. God damn. I think some people <clears throat> are like constitutionally, you know that like hyper vigilance where you you're just like constantly litigating your own thoughts and like <clears throat> things that happened i should you, have and, this x y way and you can't sleep because of it it's like not i don't Inside. believe in a lot of like evolutionary psychology stuff but i think some people were supposed to just stay awake while the rest of the village sleeps and like pace around and, you know, sound the alarm if anything, bandits are out there or there's a bear stalking, it's you like know, I the need group. A, I need a real threat. He would be really good at that because he would identify a real threat instead of like, I mean, what's easy to do is like you read an email and you read like a tone into it and then your whole day is ruined because you're like, these words on a screen, like, why did this lady write it like that? Like, dang, you know? That is the right I'm word. I'm insulted. It's like That's just words on a screen. I mean, that's what most of our like work life is these days. And it's like, you can't treat it like it's like. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to hurt like a you. Physical threat. It's, <laughs> right. it's not going to do anything to you. It's how much emphasis you put into what happened there. But it feels like a real threat. It feels like <sighs> how you're hyperventilating. Either it could be for something that happened at work, and in my case, after work, just a random thought that just came back from um, 
Some event that the just happened. The Kool-Aid man of your mind just being like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, remember this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and remember, you're like, oh, no. Remember 20 years ago in gym class, you, like, fell in front of everybody because you couldn't clear the, you know, the hurdle? Yeah, what an <laughs> idiot. Like, <laughs> stuff like that. You don't need to think about that. It just pops up like the Kool-Aid man breaking into my imagination, my brain and I've learned how to deal with it. Sometimes it's very easy, sometimes it's not. That's why I write. And video games are very good for that because it keeps you focused on a single task, so hyper-focused that you can ignore your brain. See, I, I go the opposite where, so first, I'm with the mindset that you you, are not your thoughts and also they 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 happen without you asking right you're saying right. you're relaxing you're doing something and then ah here comes something to make you upset that library that's how much you allow that thought to get you upset you can just imagine these thoughts as you're sitting in a park right and there's Pigeons going everywhere, and there's people walking by, and there's bicyclists coming by. Right? You're you're not controlling or creating any of this, right? So if you're sitting on the park bench, here comes a bicyclist cruises by. That would be one of your thoughts. You're not mad that this bicyclist how he just came right on the sidewalk right in front of me. How dare that crazy bicyclist? You would never think that, right? You'd be like, oh, here, here comes this thing passing by, right? So it's come, so your thoughts come by, but it changes because now it's personal because you're, it's you, right? So it's reminding you, oh, here comes the thing. But if you look at these thoughts that you have, you're not calling them up. You're not typing in a search bar in your mind. Like, let me Google search my brain for something to feel crappy about. Uh, here we go. Search feel angry please and you it would be flooded with things if you wanted it to right but when it appears out of nowhere if you notice it wasn't called up by you and you just see it like as a passing thing like here it comes and i promise you even if you try to focus on it let's say the thing you fell in the gym your pants fell off you tripped in front of the girl you like all that stuff right even if it's coming in and you attempted to say, okay, I'm, here it comes. I'm going to really dig into this thought. I'm going to totally, totally pay attention to this. I'm going to dig into every detail of this thing, right? Even if you try and do that, it eventually just evaporates. Still leaves. It is, it is amazing to me. Even the things you're fully like, here it comes, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm all in on this memory. I'm going to really sit with it and find it and focus on it. It just dissolves away. You can't even, even if you want to have it right there, it won't stay. Yeah. I think you two guys have that power. But I no, like, it, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I won't be upset. I'm just, it's just reassuring to know when you kind of feel like, because I get emotional also. You're engaging with that emotion. You engage, and so I'm like, hey, let's, let's dig into this. 
even if you wanted to really dwell and and ruminate, it just your mind moves on to the next thing on its own. So I'm not always successful, obviously. But the more like instead of the video games or I, I also check out on TV shows and movies, I notice I don't pay attention. So I like doing you know going the bike rides, working out. I try and like to something or I'll just sit. I just like to deal with what is coming in for, <laughs> I say for free, but it's just going to come in anyways, right? You don't need yeah. to turn anything on. Here it comes. Doo -doo -doo, and it's, Boom. and I feel like it's things I, I'm trying to do constant checks, you know, like a, a nerdy Google or uh, techie ways. Like, do you ever do checksums on mm. your file systems? No, Basically, it checks. If everything here matches everything here. So I think I'm awesome. Let's check if I'm really awesome and it'd be like, we're, we're, we're lacking over here. <laughs> or, uh, I, you know, I'm searching for bad stuff and, uh, oh, actually you're not as bad as you think. We're trying to match up. We're always like doing this balancing act in our head. So it's kind of, I mean, I'm saying when I get emotional, if, if I can catch it early enough i know it's just gonna dissipate right i don't i promise you melissa can verify i'm not good at this all the time but if i notice it i'm like ah just wait hold hang on okay it's just oh it went away that was and it, i'm not saying it won't flare up again i'll just be like ah this is a thing you know the whole who right now the quarantine beef is like who's who's doing the more dishes let's have a con let's do a marker board we're not doing that i'm not doing a i did more than you battle right now like let's just do things that need to be done you know if if there's no coffee then i'll make the coffee if there's no breakfast i'll make the breakfast you know you know it's easy right now to just attack each other cuz you're in confinement right it's like mm -hmm. there's no you didn't grind the beans. Are you? Do you have no sense of what's happening here? We drink coffee or tea every day. Crush the, put the leaves in the tea, whatever you do routinely, I don't know. I, the water, is there not enough ice cubes if you don't have an ice maker? I, you can find, we, we just hunt for something wrong all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you notice it's just silly for a minute, you're like, ah, that's, I'll just do that. Then you're fine yeah and then you might get mad about it tomorrow i don't know but i think for me i think it's funny to notice all these little quirks and things that pop up at the same like like jessica's really good she always says i can hold two ideas at the same time which is this amazing quality she's always had she's very calm she can deal with heavily emotional situ you know subject subject matter at the same time be equally as lighthearted and fun and I think that's why you're such a beautiful person. Like you've always like, it's like, oh, we can have a, we can, I can talk about anything and you can tell me the opposing thoughts or ideas. And it always feels like it's on the same field. No one's above or below. These are just ideas and thoughts to be discussed. And you should get them more like, that's, it's just, it's just re reassuring and, and nice to know, like the more we associate with people like that. The more relaxed you feel, like, oh, you know, I don't know. You notice, I don't know, like, 
if you're around people that get super crazy all the time and you know it's they're making me super crazy but i'm not super crazy and we like absorb behaviors yeah. from people so easily. I don't know if you guys you do it. You absorb behaviors from people. You get what? You Like you just said, you absorb behavior from people, right? Yeah. And the same is true with whomever you're partnered with. So if you think back before your wife and all the people you were with, uh, you can think about like, oh, how did I fed from X and Y uh, lady in the past, right? Sometimes, depending on their behavior, you will act upon, like, I don't know, if there were... Uh, it's a feedback loop. Right. If there's nothing good happening on the other end, then probably you're not going to... Why would you be nice to that person, right? Sometimes, like, when you get in toxic, toxic relationships and whatnot. When I met Jessica, it was pretty fascinating because everything about her is so chill committed every feedback that you get there's no criticism and it disarms you completely because how can you like there's no other way to be able to respond but with the same uh attitude right like there's no i rarely had arguments with jessica she doesn't put me in a position in which i have to be in the defensive at any point or any time and she's very tolerant and i think i'm a pretty tolerant guy too so yeah jessica has a this unique personality that i've never seen ever in my life in which i know that i can cohabitate with her for the rest of my life and we will be in harmony forever and i love her very much for that oh my gosh i'm not i'm just saying you you describe like certain things like that harmony that Jessica can bring. Like Jessica can be the best friend of people. Like she's so not judgmental as opposed to me. Like I have friends and they're like doing something like, what the fuck are you doing? <clears throat> like the friends that I have are probably have my same personality because we can criticize each other and be like, yeah, I don't want to hear that, but. I know where you're going because if you were doing the same shit, I would be like Ronaldo. I would criticize you the same way. No, there's people don't want to hear any type of judgment or being criticized. And that is Jessica. Jessica is the one friend that is not going to judge you. Jessica is the one person that is not going to point a finger on you. Only if you ask. Only if you get like, hey, you have to tell me that I suck at something. You have to tell me that I'm like, what, like, and that's just me constantly like knocking on her door. Like, Hey, what do you think about this? Like, this is how I feel about X and Y. So in this relationship, I'm the one that feels like I'm the woman <laughs> and she's the guy. She's like, okay, I guess I have to deal with my crazy wife right now. <laughs> so, let's see what she has on mind. But yeah, that's it. I know. Paint a picture. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, and she's like, okay, I hear you. I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's true. It's it. It is what it is. But that's why I guess we get along. I mean, I try to make sure that I'm not being intrusive enough and being like, 
I'll get on that though. Go ahead. I think we, I think he and I get along good because I, I'm sure we've talked about this metaphor before, but like, you know, when you go to like a wildlife park and there's a cheetah like on a leash, right? And like the handler will be showing people like the cheetah and talking about it. And there's sometimes there's a golden retriever that they have with them. Like cheetahs and golden retrievers, like they grow up together since they were a kitten and a puppy. Because the that cheetah, when it's in public in an environment that it should not be, right? <clears throat> it will remain calm because it looks at the golden retriever and it's like, well, the golden retriever isn't freaking out that we're surrounded by people and it's like open environment. <clears throat> I feel like I'm that golden retriever sometimes. <laughs> I'm just like, this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. Whatever's going on. It's all right. And hopefully the more anxious people around me are like, well, she doesn't seem to be too bothered. I guess I don't have to freak out right now. So I don't know. That's what I think about. Like, that's my mental image. It's only something I saw one time, but apparently that's a thing. Like these like cheetahs that have, I guess, a, a job to do, like live at zoos, you know, apparently they grow up with dogs. And have you, is this is this totally new? I've seen that, it. I've, no, this is totally new. I have, it makes a hundred percent sense, but I have not seen it. I saw it at the <laughs> what is that place? It's like north of San Diego. There's like a wildlife park with a monorail. Yeah, it's huge. So, but I've heard that it's you know it's like a two or three day thing you could go yeah. through. I just remember there was this like place with like twenty people. You're in like a little meadow. And a person in khakis comes out with a golden retriever and a cheetah. And you're like 20 feet away from the cheetah. It's on a leash. And it's just sitting there, like, while the handler's talking about it and telling you all about, like, cheetah behavior and anything cheetah-related. You can ask questions, but you're, like, really close to it and there's no fence. But the cheetah's being cool because there's, there's just a dumb dog next to it. Like, and I they're bloody. Yeah, I want to eat everybody's face right now, but... This guy seems pretty relaxed. So yeah, exactly. and they're gonna feed me later, so I'll be cool. Fine. Yeah. I don't know. So she's like the golden retriever around everyone. Yeah, but you know, sometimes it's probably possible to underreact to things. <laughs> so But that's why you're not have, saying it's well, when it's not word related. Uh, I guess I am your alert because I'm the one who's more like, hey, that's wrong. The fuck just happened there? And she's like, just be cool. No, that was weird. No, 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 that's, it's fine. No, it's Well, fine. That, that also happens because you remember me and Melissa were long distance for a long time before we got together and we talked about that. So you guys were apart, married, but then now together. And that's true. Living together, rather. And this has just been since COVID, right? since yeah pretty march. much march march late march yeah we Early lived march. together from like all of 2015 we met in 2014 like november and then we like immediately moved in together and then i moved to atlanta in 2016 and we both you know it's just like seeing each other a few times a year since then really until covid 
And then is there, has there, has there been any, like, I guess, what's the biggest thing you had to discuss or, cause you lived together before. So now you're living together again. So it's not like the first time you've ever lived together. Right. Right. And you're, and we're all older people now. Was it just easier? Yeah. Together? Was- cause you, cause you have, you're both are very independent independent-minded you had your own space and now you're sharing space i know there's that very small space how yeah. many, who who does what where how should we organize i you know yeah so that's that's actually a funny thing like this is very much like my domain because it's small right and like it's her apartment technically i don't have like that much space for stuff and guillermo has a lot of hobbies <laughs> So many activities. So many activities. And, you know, I mean, like, I definitely want to accommodate all of his equipment. And she's super nice. And I feel that in the back of my head, I acknowledge that she's super chill. But sometimes I wonder, like, how much is she hiding? And I constantly ask her, like, because I have a trainer. I don't ride outdoors every time. So my trainer, this is the living room right here so i put my trainer and i write for an hour an hour and a half and every time i feel like uh, this is an invasion of, of her space and she's like no it's cool and i know it's cool but it's just part of number one who i am as a person who's always like try to cater people particularly people that i know that are nice to me <laughs> <laughs> like what I was saying, I feed from Jessica and she's nice and I can't do anything to be an asshole. So I always like, Jess, I'm going to, I'm going to ride and it could be two weeks and I'm fine. And I'm like, Jess, are you sure this is fine? I feel like I'm taking too much space. And we have, and I've seen like other apartments within Seeds Complex and I'm like, Hey, look, we could move to this other apartment. It has more space and probably you'll feel better, but probably it's me feeling better in my brain. Just because we're just gonna have a little bit of space. I I mean, yeah. Jessica is the one that takes care of more of the things in the house. Like if I were in my apartment, we were living together. I can see myself being the one who's taking care of everything because it's my apartment, right? She's the one who takes care more of the things here. She's the one that does most of the cooking. Uh, yeah, she, you're making it sound like I'm. Well. Yeah, I do. But yeah. It's, it's yeah. Do you do? What do you do? What are you doing over there besides well, riding I your trainer? Flexing for her. I work. <laughs> my, at least I get my things together. It's like I'm an, uh, invited here, but she still <laughs> takes care of her apartment. And if she happens to cook, she just do another portion for me as well. And what I when I for this year for some reason I haven't felt like cooking at all. So uh, what yeah. I co- I compensate by not cooking by like all right sweetheart tell me what you want to eat he'll order food when Constantly. I'm just like um, when you're done yeah I'm like I'll take it just tell me what you want like, I'll spend the money <laughs> open that wallet <laughs> like no it's fine I mean I think like the the thing that's I I think it's kind of good to have the experience of having to be really thoughtful about what you bring into your house mm-hmm. because you space because i think if we moved into a bigger apartment we would just fill it with more stuff like it's you just inevitably you're gonna fill every closet like to the max i think it's like really hard to fight that so yeah i think it's just for me like that's 
that's something that I am always trying to be mindful about. It's like everything needs to have a place. And that's where I get a little bit particular because I'm like, this goes here. Like, we have to pick up our things. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's the only thing where I'm like, one of these days I'm going to like trip on a shoe and just hit my head. (laughs) That's it. And don't you see, I told you to put your shoes away again. Now look at my brain. It's dented. (laughs) I have a dented skull. Thanks. The only thing that she would talk or I say out loud if I'm in the kitchen and I... Oh, noise. Well, not noise. Well, that too, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm actually like, when I get that feedback, like, hey, I don't like you too. I'm like, okay. I'll, I'm listening. I don't want to be nagging. Sweetheart, you're not nagging. You never do that. If I uh, dry my hands with the kitchen towel, uh, but I didn't wash them, that is an issue because that is a clean cloth to dry your hands after your hands are I'm, uh, clean. Like I'm, I would take that towel and just clean any surface and put it there. And she'd be like, motherfucker, she just destroyed the scent. Well, there's no kid. Oh, the kid is already, you know, he's just having fun. Are we being recorded still right now? Oh, yeah. Just- we're, we're rolling the whole time. It's yeah. all good. Oh, no. What? It's okay. <laughs> Tr- trust me. Any parent that plays this, their kid checks out around the same time Diego dipped out, it's okay. (laughs) I'm not sure how interesting all of this will be. This is more, this is documentation. This is, this is our jam. This is for us, for the future. Don't Uh, worry. Okay. Yeah. I feel that after Diego left, it was like. This is not, this is not a major release that we have all of 10 people that maybe listen. I appreciate all of them. This is not a worldwide domination situation. This is a chance for me to capture the beauty of our relationships. And I was even th- writing a thing like it's almost been two years since doing this. Yeah. And so I started taking some notes like what, how has it changed how I speak? How has it changed how I listen? How has it made me pay attention more when I read things I'm ingesting, things I'm consuming, things I'm doing? Because one, I want to try and do better for myself before I share any information you know look like i've done some type of homework so it's just been all around awesome and i you know i have a thing i'm writing to like hey thanks microphone but you know i call it the berenson bond podcast i'm thinking like oh this is obviously a bonding with my son but then the more i spend time with family or friends i'm i'm also bonding tighter with people i've known for a long time and I hear more because I'm making this special carved time where you know 100% I'm listening to you. And I'm not only listening to you, I'm recording it because I care about what you say. I care about how you feel. And so then I'm bonding more with you guys. or Then I'm bonding more with myself, right? Because I'm spending, I'm like paying attention. Like, what am I doing? Like, oh, what am I doing for my family, for my relationship? Or, you know, I usually feel a lack like I'm not ever doing enough for Melissa because she does so much. You know, I'm like, oh, I can always do more there. I can whatever for the kids or for the house or, you know, it just it kind of leaks. Whatever you do overflows to the rest of your life, you know. So this one guy, I know he's controversial to some, that guy Jordan Peterson. He's got a lot of fun word salad. 
but he's got he's got some pretty basic tenements that aren't mind blowing, you know. Who's that dude? Jordan Peterson, and and he's most. You have a fun rabbit hole digging into his talks, but mostly he has a thing that went kind of uh, viral. It was like, hey, clean your room. It's like a mm-hmm. super generic thing, basically saying before you go out and tell everyone to clean their room and how messy they are and how disheveled they could be, how about you clean your room? You know, sort yourself out before you go preaching and a lot of spreading mm-hmm. your 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 non-backed messages. Think about what you say before you speak. That's a good one. These are basic things that we can't argue about. They're pretty pretty straightforward. So was I talking to him? I can't remember. Yeah. But you, but you, but that's you know, like I'm trying to, I, I'm bonding more with you know my son, Sophia, family, friends, myself, and it just kind of what you, he said, what what you do every day, anything that you do every day is a big part of your life, whatever it is, even if it's for five minutes. And so one thing I like that he said is like, oh, if you have a uneasy relationship with who's in your house right he goes just pay attention to how you greet them for a month right so if you regardless of your day now that we're home all the time it's different but like if you came home how do you greet them if you're like hey you know hi whatever or not hi or you come home angry You've now shifted the dynamic. You're now setting a repetition to say, oh, when I come, well, you, you don't say it, but you're like, oh, when I come home, I get angry. Or when I come home, I will be annoyed. Then you just habitually start, your body remembers like, oh, when I come home, I start to get annoyed, regardless of whatever. He's like, if you pay attention, like, oh, so now that you're annoyed, now the whole house is kind of uncomfortable. And now you pathway that you're reinforcing right and you don't notice these little things you do every day become a big part and then they leach over into the rest of your time you know so i just try and pay attention to whatever you do for example i i love i love little routines i can carve out you know i like to wake up walk the dog work out meditate make breakfast get the kids you know, like I like kind of like that flow, and I've noticed like, oh, it doesn't always happen that way. And then a little bit of me, I don't know if it's from being part German or what. I'm like, this, this must be this way. You do this, and then you do this. Yeah, and you do this, and then anything that's. And I'm like, uh, but I do this. I'm like, no, I'm. That's not. That's not how. It, I I did that yesterday. It's okay. I will. It's cool. We can be cool. I'll work out tomorrow. It's fine. You know. Mm-hmm. So whatever you do every day, the point is, it's a big part of your life. So if you notice you're annoyed or popping out and you've, you getting these random thoughts that pop into your head, making you mad, that becomes a big part of your life. You think it's a moment in your day, but it becomes a big part of your life. Right? So if you, if you like focus, like I'm going to catch it and be like, I'm going to not let that make me mad or sad right now. I'm just going to say, hey, it's like that bicyclist cruising by. Hello, random thought, and I'll see you later. Carrying on my trainer. Like, 
you can you can mess with what you're you allow yourself to to do like your behavior like you said those pathways you can either, you can embrace them or just kind of not let them control you and it's i'm fascinated with it because it is it's all of us and we all wrestle with it we all do it differently or not do anything about it at all and just go on the whims of this emotional roller coaster where you're like ah i'm just along for the ride ah you can just get off if you're if you know you can i guess <laughs> you yeah. know yeah i think that that's like the core of it the you are not your thoughts i've heard the same kind of metaphor i forget where some you know someone translating a, Bu a buddhist idea i think of like if you're standing on a bridge and you're watching cars pass under it like you're on an overpass you're not going to try and get in every car that goes by <laughs> you you're not you're just going to watch them pass and um yeah i think that's true there's so many little techniques that like can make a really big difference but i think the hard part is like remembering that it's an option maybe and that's kind of like if you do do that every day then you can have that kind of like it's a behavior change that then changes the way you think right but yeah i think jordan peterson <laughs> he's got some he's got the good ideas you know like the basic stuff right like yeah clean your room have a little self-respect you might start to feel better but yeah the poor guy he like also just ate all that meat right yeah, yes. We're it's just a reminder we're all human. Okay. Right. We have some good stuff okay. and some bad stuff. We're complicated, we're multi-layered. We all like to grab what we like and discard what we don't like as an individual. And people getting all rise up in arms about anything. It just it's yeah. like let's let's hear both sides of whatever the conversations like you know, I want to be upset but then i'm not right. hearing anything sure i don't listen to 100 percent of what everybody says i don't and mm -hmm. i don't think you should take it full on that's who they are they said this sentence yeah it's interesting like that's so much a cultural direction right now is like um, being like the most sensitive to like anything that could be offensive right like, I just, I hope that that doesn't last like too much longer and that people can be like, I can hear an idea I don't agree with and not need to like excise it from public discourse, right? Like, right. you can hear something that's controversial and not have to get the pitchfork out. <laughs> I don't know. In this nation, in the yeah, I feel like in the U.S. is different because there's, you know, conversation right now, particularly if it has to do with race. I think that uh, political correctness is uh, it's really important. <clears throat> and yes, I understand the uh, there's way too much sensitivity, but. It has to be balanced, right? I oh, yeah. I'm not a, saying. I'm just, I still think it's good to be polite. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. 
I think that's actually quite important. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting times. Yeah, so they're not free. That's why I, I weigh, even the things I listen to, for example, I, you know, starting five years ago when we moved back to Texas, that's when I first found out about podcasting. And I first started listening to Rogan and then from Rogan, then listened to, to, to Tim Ferriss and then can touch and go with him. And then, you know, then when he suggested Jocko start his podcast, I started listening to him, this other super guy, super bro, like bro to the max guy. And then the sensitive, more balance. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but we'll talk about it. Ritual. Then even some women-led podcasts here and there. Then I wanted to hear all the sides. The more I listen to it, for example, like that Super Bro, Order of Man, Jocko and Rogan, like these are men talking about man stuff, not being mean or disrespectful. Yeah. They're being understanding, but they're also being men at the same time. I'm like, oh, I don't actually listen. I don't know. Am I not? a man and that doesn't mean anything bad against women but like oh let me balance and find my respect and listen to some grown-ups because i feel like a child now i'm listening to let me listen to some educated grown-ups here you know and also let me see what's going on it was my choice of medium for consuming current stuff me too and then this hit and i don't listen to almost anything barely maybe one or two a week or i was listening to for sure two long ones a day yeah right so then i realized how much time i was i was i was actually consuming a lot and then i know it's like okay get it all process it then you have to stop because i didn't get my chance to digest it at all it was just always coming in and you can allow yourself to just keep absorbing and keep taking in and never process it or talk about it it's true it's easy to just continually consume stuff so do you guys ever have maybe not like hey thursdays are or let's talk thursdays but do you guys talk about what you listen to or watch or games or mm-hmm. i don't know like hey yeah, let's constantly yeah we're in two different universes when it comes to podcasts listening right he goes more into the open conversation friendly like she's more uh and this is my interpretation and then you tell me how it is (laughs) she's more into like a group of people that are just having a conversation like we are and she's more invested in their personalities and what they think about x or y subject i am i like to hear information i don't care about friendship I don't care. I don't want to hear about what is happening in your life. I want information and I want it now. And then if even within that piece of information, I feel that they're deviating next. (laughs) That's me. And that just has to do with my personality. Yeah. She has like a variety of podcasts and most of them, I would say all of them has to do with friendship and discussing the current things that are happening. And I don't have the cadence for that. He cannot. He he can't bear to listen to anything that I like. If it's not a friend, 
if it, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, if it's not a, a friend, like a conversation that we're having where we're all interacting, it's hard for me to just buy and be part of that friendship without me participating. Probably because I'm pretty selfish. <laughs> hey, I'm here, you know. But uh, yeah, she has that, and that goes with her personality, you know. She's an active listener, and she really enjoys all of that. And she actually, you know, I'm going to mention the name of the podcast, but they are pretty fun. And she is the ones that realize me the part of the, the, the thick of it, the information that she extract from it she relies to me and i'm like oh that's fun but when i try to listen to it i would have to skim throughout all the conversation that doesn't have to do with the subject matter or what they're what i want to hear about and cutting through all that chatter is is tough and that's me and podcasts so yeah we, about can't, you, Jess? we can't listen to the same stuff <laughs> we do share what we listen to like sometimes she's like, oh my gosh, you have to listen to this. And she goes to put that clip and, you know, we laugh together. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's outrageous. That's funny. <laughs> that's whatever. And then I'm like, hey, just check this out. Yeah. We consume things very differently. Yeah. My, my one comedy, I think I told you, my one comedy outlet is your mom's house podcast. I um, have heard that one. Yeah. You yeah. guys might love it. I love it because it's it's 100% non-educational. This is hilarious. Having fun. Just nonsense. But they're married, right? And their their open honesty is so refreshing from in comparison to every other relationship of hmm. any married individuals I have ever heard. Hmm. It is proof that you can be fully honest. We all, we're all honest, right? But you're like, I don't. Maybe I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to tell you about where you put the, the cups, or I don't know. Maybe I move the plant over here. I won't mention it. I just these little. It could be the tiniest things or the biggest things, right? Sometimes you're just being nicer. Like oh, I just want you to be cool. Let's relax. They'll say 100% of every thought that enters their mind when it happens. <laughs> Wow. May, eh, sometimes maybe it's too much but it's but it's funny like they just say it all i'm like oh yeah you that's a, you could do that that's one way to have a relationship i guess and and because of it they can make fun of each other while they're obviously both comedians so they can make fun of each other while being honest the whole time so i'm trying to find a way like oh i don't you know i'm not I'm not funny enough i feel funny but if i that feel like it's my secret power that sometimes it's it's not used enough, you know? It's like <laughs> when you feel like Superman, you're like, you got capes, and you're like, yeah, I could I could fly, but it's not a good good day to fly today. Um, you know, you've got your your Batman, you've got a closet full of gadgets. You're like, I I've got them. I could use them. I'm not there's no battle to attack to use these weapons today. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, I, you each have, you know, your unique characteristics that if you unloaded, like I'm, you'd like, try for a day, get her out, just, I'm going to make Jessica laugh 10 times where she spits out her coffee or tea. 
That to be your goal, right? You know how silly you feel trying to be funny? Uh, no, that's, I don't have that trait. You know, that's right? not <laughs> I have a bunch of other traits, but unfortunately, uh, being you, funny. You make is, me laugh. Well, I make her laugh probably because of dumb shit that I say or do. <laughs> that counts. That but, counts. I guess that counts. You it know, Kirky. Oh, look at my dumb husband. <laughs> That's okay. But no, I don't. I. I. No, I don't. I, I. I. No, I don't have that. He thinks he's not funny. Like. Well, I can be funny if I'm telling a story and I'm really involved in it. You can enjoy my uh, excitement out of like, this is what happened in X or Y point. But I don't have that quirky thing of that. For example, you have that personality that you are funny and you can come up with stuff that, uh, you know, just makes you laugh. Just like that smartness. I know when it comes like, you know, funny thoughts. I don't know. Maybe in Spanish. Maybe it comes with language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just speak to her in Spanish. <laughs> yeah. Do you practice any Spanish chess once in a while? Once in a while, it's really sad. Like now that we're like living together, that used to be my excuse. It was like when we were apart, it's like where we, you know, you have a phone call, you're not going to like practice Spanish over the phone when we were like both getting back from work. Now there's like no excuse. It's sad. Well, I feel like the only reason why we haven't started is because I feel that at some point I have to go back. But I have a, Full, he has a whole plan. A whole plan. To go the back. Curriculum. Yes. The same way I learned French, I have it like just translated and put it into the Spanish to English. It's a great way to learn language. Hell, I did it. I know she'll be super able to get it, absorb it, and be able to speak it in six months. If we... If it's, you know, yeah, they do it every day. I mean, that's the problem. It's like the habit, you know. <clears throat> but I don't know what, you know, for how, actually, now I'm starting to think that this is going to be for the long run and we're going to be teleworking probably for the rest of the year. So we right. should make a plan of. Also, there's a schedule thing. Like by the time I'm done, it's 8 p.m. your time. Yeah. So it's late and my schedule is like awful. So do you, do you start and stop at the same time? Yes. I have like a very, it's like 1030 to 7 central time, Monday to Friday. And that just slashes your day in the middle. And when you don't have kids, you're going to wake up 30 minutes before. <laughs> That's how it works. And then the rest of the day is like, hey, what's going on? What have you done? I ride my bike or chill, watch something, play a video game, and then the day is gone. So to make time for that? You know, you think like with, with like quarantine, it's like nobody's commuting anywhere. We should have, we have so much more time. Still feels like there's no, where does the time go? It's like between cooking and then like, laundry and cleaning the house i don't know it's just like the day is gone i don't i don't i know when you have a kid you like make it work you will find that structure but it feels pitiful like 
how little time there is even without kids. Yeah, I've noticed without, so pre-COVID, I would wake up at 5.30, it was 5 or 5.30, because I had, I wanted me time. And I want time to myself where, where I don't feel guilty about ignoring the family. Mm-hmm. So to do that, I would just wake up before everyone. Yeah. So I'd wake up, work out, like I said, work out, work uh, wake up, walk the dog, work out, meditate, breakfast, all that I like to do because that was my that was my jam, that was my time. And then when we didn't have to drive in, I'm like, oh, I got three hours back because there and back roughly was around, you know, two and a half hours commuting there and back, sometimes three, right? I got three hours back. So I'm like, I'll sleep, I will get my very important eight hours, which I know is critical for health eight hours of sleep and it's still early enough where I could just, I don't, I can just wake up at seven and get it all done. Right. Mm -hmm. But then now everybody's awake. I'm like, so it, even though I don't have to commute or anything, if I want to get it that time or that done, I still have to wake up early. So if you don't set a time, like this is how my day is going to look, it will just become another day. And it does. So if you say, so when we did a long time ago, who was I talking to? I tell you about the ideal day, right? We were talking mm-hmm. about that the other day. Did you did you tell Guillermo? Yeah, but tell him. Tell tell, tell him. me your ideal day. Ideal, the best day for yourself ever. Like top to bottom, top to bottom. Just your day. This is this is the best day. Just tell me what it would be. Oh, when I'm able to wake up early on a Saturday okay. and uh, prepare my bike for a 70 or 100 mile ride, that would be my ideal day. Whenever I, you know, when I'm on my bike, that is my space of just shedding all the shit that is in my brain, everything that is on my mind, and I let it go. It's like I'm leaving it away in my house, in my apartment. Then getting back having a decent meal just chill and relax wait what tell me about this meal not just decent you know you're on your best incredible day you're gonna have a decent meal no 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 no. you're gonna have an incredible meal this is your meal this is your jam tell me this meal tell me describe this meal it depends if usually when i do this on saturdays i either go out and eat something after i take a shower just like pamper myself or i cook myself like the ultimate meal, which try to be as balanced as possible. But for the last, I, for the rest of this year, honestly, I haven't been cooking. I yeah, haven't been married. Yeah, but this is your ideal. No, no, no. Oh, Just uh, tell me. Tell me. This is your I, ideal I, I, day. Yeah, yeah, don't be real. No, no. no we can, tell me ideal. I have like the ultimate meal. Which what is? What is this meal? Oh, tell me this it, meal. Well, I would say, uh, what is the name of that restaurant in Denton? Uh, Barley and Board. I will have a, like a hanger steak with some grains on the side and my uh, light beer. And and again, I'm thinking, you're talking about, you're thinking, there are many ideal days. There are like certain parts that I would piece together to make it ideal, but if I think about when I'm living on my 
it's like I live two realities. So it's difficult. I live the reality when I'm by myself in Denton, and I live the reality when I'm here with Jessica, right? So I don't have like a structure, one piece of what would be an idea a day. And to be honest, I would have to really think about it to piece it together. I just have the one part where I ride my bike and then I have the big meal and I feel fantastic about what I just did. And feel like I'm so exhausted that I can't even think. Like I could leave all those negative thoughts and I'm feeling fantastic. But yeah, what was your ultimate uh, ideal day? I don't know. I still haven't, I haven't come up with it. Yeah, it's, it's not that easy to think, you know, it's, uh, to just come up with, with the ultimate ideal day. Uh, so the thing, know, I was tell, the thing I was telling Jess is <clears throat> what you just described it costs, let's, let's talk about actual dollars. Let's just say you got the best steak, good seasonings, the best greens, right, for your meal. Your bike ride, you already have your tools, you got your bike, you just ride, right? You come home, you cook, you can order Instacart, bring this, bring the food, you can make this wonderful meal that you guys right. share together. Mm -hmm. You talk about your ride, whatever thoughts you had, and you have this great conversation with Jessica. Mm -hmm. That's a fantastic day. That's an, I, you just described one version of an ideal, happy, happy day for yourself. Right. That costs twenty dollars, thirty dollars. Could be less, yeah. May, maybe less. It doesn't have to be a hanger steak. Okay, it's no, it's no, 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 no. You're, you're get. It's the hanger steak, whatever it is, the ribeye, whatever you want. I'm saying your version of an extremely happy day is extraordinarily inexpensive. You can have that day. You just have to think about it first. And you tell Jessica, like you just told her, this is this would be like the most incredible day for me. And she says, no problem. Go do your ride. When you come home, we have this meal. She knows that you're going to be so happy. Then the following day, she's going to describe her ideal day. Whatever it can be right now during this time, whatever it is, there is a, there is a day where you're like, this would make me extraordinarily happy. I want to wake up. I want to make whatever... Chemex, slow pour over, French press, fantastic. Order the coffee you love. Tend to your garden and your shrimp. Read up some stuff on those guys. Do a little cleaning. Take a nap. Whatever it is. There's a version of a day that just would be, you would be, this is the best day ever. <laughs> I. You just have to take time to think about it. Mm -hmm. And then you do it and you realize, oh, I had this fantastic day because I thought about what I wanted. Right? We mostly don't think about what would be yeah. awesome because we think, no, like I told her was a joke. I said, if my ideal day was I want a golden helicopter to... Mm -hmm dive bomb up and down or i need to be in a 747 doing that thing where i'm weightless yeah and then i you know ride on the tail of a tiger shark while i go into the bay of dolphins that lift me up into a jelly a, a gummy bear swimming pool where i swim my way out and then i you know then i lay while people massage me with 
avocado oil extracted fresh from and they're pouring coconut. This is not my day. This, really? It's totally, I don't need all that. That'd be cool, you know, but ideally we mostly want a really good, some type of something to consume, a meal or a drink or time to ourselves to do mm-hmm. something and then do that thing with ourselves, and then share it with someone we love. That's usually the basic tenements of an ideal day. Super cheap, but we usually don't think about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I think in general we, during the weekends we have that time with children, so we can kind of like <laughs> no excuses. We have no excuses not be able to achieve that. And the only reason I don't wake up that early anymore is because of my current shift but I would prefer to be able to do that during the mornings. And the only thing that stopped me is that it's hard to wake up early. <laughs> and I, because of COVID, I haven't been able to look around and be able to meet with other bikers. Because that stimulates a challenge you to be faster and be like on a better position. So now that nowadays I have to do it alone, not that I have a problem. I love to be by myself riding. But if we wouldn't be in this COVID situation, oh, I would be trying to reach out to the like other, yeah, to the cycling community and be able to like, oh, write A, write yeah, B. I'll write with you all, see what the deal is. But right now, oh, God. that per- perfect day or realistic perfect day, it's totally achievable. And I think that in a way we do it every Saturday, at least I can right. get to it. I love Saturdays. Saturdays, <laughs> I ride my bike, and Saturdays, I see Jessica like doing the landscape on her. Uh, doing my shrimp farming. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's hard for me to think of a. Uh, probably because it's so there, it's so achievable on the weekends, you know? Maybe a couple of weeks. This, is, this is what I would call a thought technology. What's that? What you just described. Like, <clears throat> to realize that there is an ideal day. Well, to, to put the thought into it, and then to realize it's achievable is a kind of thought technology. <laughs> like, you, you can then implement it, right? Like, <clears throat> my, you know what my ideal day would be? What? Wait. Ordering what? all of this. I want a huge-ass aquarium. <laughs> and I want to just like landscape it all in one day. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna take some planning. <laughs> <laughs> but you can make little steps towards it, you know. Right. You, right. you could probably find a Facebook group where somebody's giving away a fifty-gallon aquarium with all the gear, every because they just don't want it anymore. And you can yeah. just go swoop it up. Snatch it Start up. planting. Get rid of my couch. Put an aquarium there. <laughs> we just need more space. <laughs> well, I do have a friend. That do you remember a friend Venus in California, the one with the turtle? Okay, don't take my <laughs> I remember. I remember that you had a friend with a turtle and a friend named Venus, and I didn't put that together. But okay. was it a turtle race? So it's a red slider. In downtown LA, they always, I don't know how it's legal. Somebody's breeding these tiny quarter size red slider turtles Mm -hmm. and they'll sell them with other 
who knows, gerbils, rabbits and stuff. And I bought one one time when I was shopping downtown. Like, I'll get a turtle. How hard can a turtle be? Had it for, I don't know, maybe a month-ish. It wasn't moving anymore. It wouldn't eat the pellets or the lettuce. It's dead. So I'm like, "Mm, poor little guy. I'm going to flush him like a ninja turtle. And then this is like, no, you can't. You can't flush that turtle. He's alive. Just give him to someone who cares. It's like, no, who is going to rush to get a turtle? Nobody. Like, just try. I'm like, okay, first person. Hey, Venus, do you want a turtle? Yes, I'll be right there. (laughs) What? Are you serious? Great. Come get this turtle. That thing is a foot and a half, maybe two, almost two feet long body. It, she lives in a tiny apartment. Half of that apartment is this mega terrarium with a ramp. It has a water act. It has a pool terrarium plants it has a it literally has a ramp where it can walk up go sunbathe in the light get in the pool or walk out it sits on the couch and watch tv it scratches at the door to go outside to hang in the courtyard of her apartment and it scratches when it's coming back in oh my these things live for like 30 years so that happened with the turtle that's a red and we nobody knew they could get that big because no one ever gave them the space in, in confinement, rather, to grow. So it just kept growing. That's why. Wow. Red-eared slider, huh? Red-eared slider. So you could just de- just dedicate a side of your apartment to your shrimp terrarium. What I would like is to, to have a build a house, like a custom house, that has a terrarium that I can also live in. For Would you do, I love the in-wall aquariums so then you can mm-hmm. walk so you would have an open space in between your walls kind of like at the zoos and then you can walk yes. in there i want to be able to go in go inside that open space and tend to your deals and then when you go in the living room it just it's flush against the wall i would love that that's how you should design your house when you build it yeah there's these like um like popular it was like popular science magazines like old magazines from like the late 60s and 70s where it's like the future home you know what it's going to look like and like they a lot of them have like a terrarium maybe because they thought like the atmosphere would be unsafe to live in which (laughs) like at some point but like i love that kind of like mid-century modern kind of imagining of the future that kind of style of house it's a little bit like 2001 but it also has a terrarium in it that i can live in too well, you could do a mix of like the Spanish style house, the hacienda, where the middle is the terrarium. Yes, the I love terrarium. a courtyard. Right, right. I love that. I love the privacy. You get the big walls from that like Moorish influence. Uh-huh. And then it's an garden. It's like Mimi's backyard, remember? Like how she had like that backyard in Dallas was all paved. Right. There was like no grass back there. But she had like all those potted plants and it was just like flourishing. That's kind of what I want. Yeah, I was always impressed thinking back now that I'm digging this garden now for the house that I had that one garden as a teenager and now we're gonna do this garden. But I was like, oh, Mimi, 
always had, even in that house in the back of Dallas, at the very back, down oh that slope, God. she had dedicated rows where she grew all these vegetables. Yes, yeah, And did. then when she moved into the big house in Glen Rose, she had that humongous garden. It was massive. Like, oh, my grandma has always grown vegetables. Oh, That's a, that was always a thing that I, we just took for granted. We didn't think about it. And now everybody's kind of getting hip to growing veggies again, which is awesome. It's really good. And my friend Nick in California, he did a full indoor hydroponic thing in his garage. And then he did an outdoor hanging baskets with soil. Yeah, he's getting so much greens like eating salads two or three times a week, full salads that he grew. No, and it's not big. It's you know, four yeah. foot by eight foot thing in his garage, and then a few baskets. I love that. And he's growing a ton of food because he's an engineer, designer guy. He's you know timers. He likes to just do complicated things with his time. Yeah, and so he's like sending me just yesterday sending me like, oh, you need to. A splitter for your water spigot, put a timer on that one, automate everything so you're just collecting food and then weeding when you need to. So he, he just loves the science of things. So I'm like, whatever things I should do to make life easier and get food, sure, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. So I was telling Jess, so we're going to live uh, on a big compound in Texas somewhere. We'll buy some land. We'll have a few animals. We'll have a garden, a few chickens, because I eat eggs every day. And you guys like goats, because who doesn't love goats? Is there yeah. any is there any specific animal you like, Guillermo? You want an alpaca, a llama? Are uh, you more of a dog person? Do you want a horse? Maybe a camel? Yeah, he's a just, cat guy. But he loves chickens, too. Yeah, he actually does. That's me right growing up uh in a how do you call them now everybody says young like uh like a suburb in the city but they had, the city. there were just chickens but back in the late 70s early 80s uh in the suburb there was a neighbor that had a sheep and roosters and my sister was four years older than i am and she named each one of them and for many years, I was exposed to them, and I realized like they're each one had a different personality. So I get to know the chickens, and Jessica's dad, Pinkney, coined me the Chicken Man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess I'll take it. But my animal preference is cats. If I had more space, and I had. Uh, the budget, I would have a bunch of cats. He, he wants to go to like the cat island in Japan, you know, like there's just like an island of there's cats. an island of cats. Yeah, is I it can... like that place in Costa Rica that has the dogs? I don't know. About... You never seen that? No, I'll Google the cat island, but there's a place in Costa Rica that has thousands of domestic dogs on a massive ranch. Oh, it's a herd of dogs. It looks very majestic. I'm guessing the cat thing is just as magical. I think so. They're just like. Excited. It's going to be the most. I mean, cats for me are like one of the most fascinating creatures. 
Well, that's reassuring because we're we're literally get we we're starting to collect materials now to get our first cat. And the more furball throw up videos I see, I'm not pumped about that. How are you guys? How do you deal with the furball? Okay, depends on the cat. It depends on the cat, but I'll say this: this I'll impart what I know as a person who's had a cat for five five years. <clears throat> um. I think that cats are pretty, um, they can be prone to overeating and then they throw up. I have a long haired cat and she doesn't really have fur balls. So I don't know why that is. I mean, I don't even really brush her that often, but she doesn't, it really depends on the cat. Like I don't find fur balls anywhere. Um, I think that they can overeat though and then vomit like, a lot of times when I do see that she's thrown up, like you can tell the food isn't digested very much, if at all. He doesn't like it, but I have this dish that my cat Noodle eats out of that's like, I'll have to show you a picture of it, but basically like the it's elevated and it has a little hole where she has to put her paw in and pull the little cat food pieces out like a few at a time to eat them. So it makes her eat more slowly. And she does not, she's not a big vomiter. Like it happens. But when, when I have that bowl, she'll go weeks without throwing up. Ah, you'll have to send me the link to that bowl. He thinks yeah, it's like, does. he thinks that's mean. He a wants, thousand percent. You should see my brother. <laughs> Randy's cat. He comes inside the house to eat. He eats like a front end loader. Like his mouth <laughs> just like scooping as much food as possible in his mouth at a time. And you're like, that's how they should eat. But he's like, he can go outside and bark and like eat a bird or do whatever he wants. Like, yeah, that cat wanders acres and acres of land. It's totally different than your apartment cat. My- was 500 square feet to enjoy <laughs> like she seems to be fine with she's it she's fine with it she doesn't want anything more but like but since you change and it's been what two weeks three weeks since you changed the bowl she hasn't been no she's barked a lot more <laughs> in contrast i had a an alley cat that i got in puerto rico that lived for 19 years and she would barf i think every single day why? In, because she was a vomiter, <laughs> uh, and she was and she was uh, healthy. And I took her to the vet a couple of times, and uh, they were like, "No, it seems to be extremely fine. You can change the diet if you want." And I did, and there were some times in which it was every other day, but compared to Noodle, that cat would vomit uh, almost every day. And it, yeah. and it didn't affect her health at all. Just saying, it depends on the type of cat you get. I don't know. This was a street cat. Who knows like what were her genetic cognition that made her vomit almost every So wait, day. So you're saying since you switched to the bowl where she has to dig for it, she vomits less? He vomits less with that bowl. He, does, he doesn't believe me, but I'm the one who cleans the vomit. Like I'm, I'm the not, one who will see it first. It's not about not – I believe you. It's about he, 
the welfare of the cat. <laughs> the mental welfare of the you cat. Know, yeah, I'm oh, not going to. Well, I, I don't know. I don't I want to subject the cat to just limit the portion of the food in order to not have the cat vomiting, you know? She can have as much as she wants. She just has to get a little bit out. A little effort. Just show, just show me you really want that little kibble. He's perfectly healthy. I mean, you have to open a pantry door and a refrigerator. What's the difference? Yeah, exactly. That's why you have to open it. <laughs> you do a little bit of something, and then you get your little your food. That's the thing. Like, no the difference is that when I open that pantry, I can put it in a big bowl and just be like that caterpillar and just like show it. She won't be able to do that. And I feel like she deserves the opportunity to gorge herself. <laughs> The and, way she and you know what? In the wild. The thing, the thing that, and you were right. Like we don't have to. We don't really fool up her plate. We just put a little bit of food, so she can just have probably the same amount that she would have eating from that hole that I dislike. <laughs> I just feel it's 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 not okay. It's like you're making her like it's it doesn't feel natural, but then she'll make the argument it's that what none is of natural. natural. Not, none of it is natural. 100% of domestication is unnatural animal just <clears throat> domination that we've yeah. we've done. However, something that is natural is for them to just reach out and just open their mouth. <laughs> as opposed to be okay, like, this is easy enough. But she Go, let her just stuff herself. You clean 0% of the vomits and then if she, let's let Guillermo, you head up the vomit cleaning until you switch the bowl back and do a tally. Just write down how many vomits you have with or without the... I'll be happy to do that. The, that's the thing. He's fine with the vomit. Like, that's uh, the difference. How? So gross. Like, all this... I mean, everybody's like, no, there's so low maintenance. Here's the thing. You got to shake the litter deal. They got the pine. The pee goes down. You take soon as they poop, you take it out. If you don't want to smell, that's Okay. But the pe you know, the clumps you gotta dig out once a day, maybe once a week if you can tolerate it somewhere. All that. Mm -hmm. Then you gotta clean up the potential furball or <laughs> vomiting, all these tasks. And they're like, I the whole cats are low maintenance. I here's how I do my the dog. I wash him once a month. He has a dog door. You need to do anything. He comes in, in and out as he pleases. Feed him twice a day. If he doesn't eat it, it's still there. It rolls into the next day. He's not a, I'm diving into the bowl guy. He's like, oh, cool. Thanks. I'll get to that later. Fine. You guys know. That, that is low maintenance. That's, well, that's the mo most minimal stuff. I walk him because I like to warm up before I work out, but I don't even have to walk him. I mean, I should. It's, you should walk a dog. But I could go three days and not, and it's, it's cool. Fine. It's yeah. fine. But you know, your dog had kind of cat characteristics. He's kind he of like, does. We do call him the he, cat dog. I <laughs> noticed that he was to himself, you know? He was like, yeah, I'll chill with you, I guess. But not really. Not really. <laughs> so, as opposed to regular dogs, I would say they are in constant need of attention. It's like, gosh. I can't, I can't. A cat is just like its own person. Well, cats are different. Like later today, I have to go check on my my friend's cat here because she's out of town. I have to see, go see her once a day for the next three days. 
That cat is like a dog. She wants attention. She wants to sit in your lap. She would like to be carried. Like that cat is completely different from mine. So you never know what you're going to get. I mean, she vomits constantly. So, I mean. But in general, it's like, <laughs> you know, just like dogs in general tend to be more like, I'm looking for attention. Cats in general will look for your attention for an, in a smaller uh, amount of time. And most of the time they're going to be sleeping and very little time they will be active. And whenever they're active, that is the most fun thing that you'll ever see. Stunting, <laughs> crazy ash. It's just outstanding. Um, if you want, if have you guys already bought like all of the litter box accoutrement and no you, no i'm uh in, in that process i were in the process melissa's cousins we just had a long talk with them the other day i'm like give me all the info i, I want to make this as easy healthy and minimally invasive change of life right so they use the pine pellets they use a cover deal mm-hmm. uh, they like the pine pellets because they don't you know the 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 carcinogens and normal cat litter is really bad for humans and cats. And also the pine pellets are cheaper. And mm-hmm. I've heard I can compost so the, the pee there. part and throw away the poop. You can flush the poops and you can I can actually compost the pee clumps. So it's been used for horses and barns for decades and decades. And people just found out you could use it as litter. So, so you guys, if you don't use that, maybe look into it because it's the dust that floats in the house from the litter is really especially bad for them because they're all up in it but then it floats in your airspace and you're breathing it as well like it's not enough with COVID (laughs) yeah (laughs) so they they said it smells like pine you know like a little little bit of Christmas all the time okay that sounds nice could do that um but yeah. Okay. Well, I'll send you a link to that bowl. Sweet. I'll make it a complicated maze and Guillermo will just frown upon it <laughs> constantly. Roll my eyes looking at my brain. Like, like oh, my poor noodle. He's so fine. <laughs> no more. No more. Just put a little little amount of food. Like what, she, what we're currently doing. And actually, it was her idea and well, you see, you still think that she's still vomiting even if we put like little amounts of food. Yeah, leave it. To me. Let's make what he said. Let's make a tally. I want to see. I want to see that progress of the vomiting and leave it there. Hold it and let me clean it. I don't care. All right. So I got a question. So I turned forty-one this year. You're forty-two. Jess, you're forty or thirty-nine. I am thirty-seven. Eight. Seven. Seven. Thirty-seven. Yeah. <clears throat> any revelations or realizations in life? Has any of that midlife thought hit you guys yet? You want to start? I have a. I'm in denial. <laughs> let's let's peer into that. Well, I'll tell you something. On my mid thirties, I start noticing how my body was not responding to training the same way it used to. And now that I'm 42, I realize that I'm not in constant workout mode. 
just to get back to where you used to be, uh, you know, physically, it's uphill. Your body doesn't respond the same way. My shoulders are starting to hurt every time I try to do push-ups. If I don't do it constantly, uh, it's an uphill battle. And I'm just 42, and I think I'm constantly doing something to keep myself busy to work out. And even then, I notice that it's a battle, and I am afraid of getting old and fragile. And I just, the more I realize about it, like my awareness is so high, the more I try to be athletically active and doing something. It's scary. But that's my green view of aging. Yeah, well, they just released another paper proving that daily moderate exercise is better than going hard once a week, which we've heard. 30 minutes of moderate stuff every day is tenfold times better for your mind and body than going hard in the paint for two hours or three hours. Makes a lot of sense. I don't have a exercise kind of focus. I guess I don't. Because I'm not exercising really right now at all. Well, it doesn't have to be exercise. Just what do you think about the whole yeah. mortality thing? You know, you're going to, are you, does it even enter your mind at all? Actually, for me, like, yeah, I kind of think about it all the time, not in a morbid way. Because you both are confronting it daily with your jobs, more or less. Maybe not to the extremes, but at least that's on people's minds. Yeah, I think about it a lot and I think I mean even without COVID I would be I think I have I don't know I always have that awareness I guess of like mortality just in the back of my mind I'm not sure why I've always been that way but um lately I think the older I get and because I feel like I didn't really this is kind of like a probably a very typical millennial experience where your twenties, you just like, can't, can't quite get a handle on anything. You can't build any, your career is not a thing. Like you're just struggling to even like pay rent or bills or whatever. And now that I'm like past that point, I'm really like fortunate. Um, we're both really lucky. Like we've got jobs that are basically guaranteed. Um, like COVID is not affecting us. In fact, I made more money because of COVID overtime, right? Like it's, it's weird. And like, we know that we're really fortunate, but at the same time, the older I get, the more I'm like, I do not want to work. <laughs> Even though I have a job that is like, right, like fulfilling, like I like being a public servant where it's meaningful. It's like meaningful work. I'm close enough to what I do to like see that I can help people not die of diseases. Like I know that what I do can make a difference. Um, but you know, working nine to five, uh, for what the next 30 years not 
not too excited about that. And <laughs> <laughs> he said, you, you mentioned mortality. Yeah, because I know, you know, who knows when that day is going to come. And to spend it mostly thinking about work, even though my work is valuable. Yeah, I mean, a big thing is, you know, trying not to be afraid of work with no end, right? As, as also a thing. So we're going to do something. It's just how you spend your time. Like, how do you allocate? How do you want to spend your time? We're, we're going to spend our time working. We're going to spend it doing something. Mm-hmm. And you want to just, I don't know. The end changes all the time, right? The end, what am I trying to do here? Bobs and weaves. But as long as it's going towards the general direction you've thought of, you know, yeah, that's it's like a moving target at the same time. You know, like I'm completely... I probably maybe too much where I obsess about uh, what I'm doing as a parent, right? Because I look at you guys or any friends and like, oh, you're grown up children. What's your relationship like with your parents? Because I'm a parent. What is it going to, I'm on, I'm on the other side. I'm on both sides, right? So right. The, I, you know, the days come where they're going to be like, I'll, you know, you're going to talk to me a couple times a year, maybe maybe three times, four times a year. I might see you once or twice. In yeah. America, anyways, a typical American not-see-your-parents-place, you know. So I'm confronted with that. So I think, should I? how do I shift my life or what do I do to have a tight bond <clears throat> but then not... Be overwhelming. Not, not be overwhelming and like, oh, yeah, I got a 60-year-old who's never moved out because they're a baby boy, little, you know, 40-year-old virgin or what is the stepbrothers. You know, I don't want that either. You know, I want you to be totally independent and live, but then, you know. You know, maybe it's maybe on your end it's not going to be the same way. It seems that you, you know, what you're doing right now, this podcast that you had with your son, that right there is a lot of nice bonding that is happening, you know. You, based on the things that you're telling me, you have a lot of activities that create that bonding. And it sounds like, you know, you might end up having a son that will be knocking on that door more often than not when he's independent and out there and probably willing to uh, have some time. More than what you think, like just like Jessica does with her mom and once a week, they talk. I try to do the same with my mom her at least once a week that's also a cultural thing if i don't you'll go like the fuck who the fuck do you think you are <laughs> but, uh, yeah maybe maybe you you shouldn't be surprised if uh diego and sir what's your uh, daughter's name uh, sophia sophia they'll be like hell yeah and you know you are a funny dad like, i remember my dad was i wanted to You'd be able to reach reach him out. He would make me laugh. He would be like funny, but I never had that type of funding. So you are an appro- approachable dad. And not only you're funny, they'll probably be able like they'll be like, hell yeah, I want to spend some time with my old dad. So think about that. Might not- <laughs> and they will say exactly that. My old dad. My, my old dad. He's funny. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's great, and 
yeah, think about it in that light. It doesn't necessarily have to be like what you experience. It might be a whole different ballpark and it might be closer than what you think, unless work takes them somewhere else or something like that. Yeah, and that life will go wherever. So that's what I'm saying. Like we straddle the, you're looking at the long term, but then you're trying to associate with now. You know, like right. you can go crazy thinking about other times, but right now it's pretty good. Right. Today is pretty awesome. I like it. it. Then they grow, they have their own mentality yeah. and ideas. And that's when. That's going to be fun too. <laughs> right. I remember that's when my dad and I, I think we clash and we didn't con conciliate or reconcile. reconcile. Uh, he, I think he was like, I wanted a son with a very specific set of, uh, way of being. And I'm like, well, that shit, I think I didn't, uh, get to meet your expectations. But then you see, I, you know, I realized his background, he did the best he could in keeping his set of tools. On the other hand, I had my mom and, you know, she's like, whatever, whoever you are, you are my son and I'll embrace that. And those are the things that, you know, I always think like if I were that, I would be like just thinking like the things that my dad didn't mean, I would be like so focused on that I probably miss this other set of things. You know, it's a una tombola. It's like you never know. There's always going to be something. <laughs> how much you try to meet, there's always that inevitably my escape, you know. And then personalities. They come oh with personalities. They come with their personalities and there are things that no matter how good you are as a parent, there are things that are outside of your hand. So far, both of your kids seem to be fantastic <laughs> and have great personalities. So that is something that you should feel like. Of course, that comes also with the way you guys have been shaping it. But I know that some kids come with personalities that are real strong. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so it's one way. That's you're very Texan that way. You notice that from early on in the conversation where you can say something. You notice that in text where you can be very rude, but you just say it's so sweet. You know. Is that right? Yeah, I'm trying to think of one now, but you know, just just an open face, backhanded compliment, just so nice. You know, well, aren't you? Aren't you just something else? You know, yeah. that just means what a ridiculous nonsensical piece of trash you are they say well aren't you just something else hmm that sounds like well bless your heart yeah well bless your heart well, aren't you horrible what how sad of a travesty you've become just bless your heart <laughs> well, what part did i say something that like that i don't know i just came, it just came to mind whatever you said is it was something nice but not <laughs> oh well i guess it's just like being like the experience of being a parent i i for me it's 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 fear but it has to do with my personality and my own fears and you are like less you see the glass more full right the glass of water is more full on your end and you don't see like a barrier in front of you you see like, oh, no, this is so much easier to handle. So that has to do a lot with how you can handle things. I guess that I'm saying all these things about my perspective 
and how I would handle things or how I, how I see being a parent. Like I've seen other friends that have kids, which personalities, I'm like, my gosh, I know that they've done a good job as a parent, or at least my perception, but their kids are crazy. <laughs> and I'm just like, he fears that. Yeah. I feel like even I, even if I put all my effort and my time and my, and our capacity together of complement each other and shape some little person to be their best, they what? come with a personality. And if that personality happens to be very strong or stubborn, then you got to deal with that. Yeah, you do. And that happens. It happens. And I think, I don't know if you've ever, Melissa just reminded me, you ever read that book called The Fifth Agreement? It was the follow-up to the four agreements. It's kind of based on this ancient old Mexican uh, Native American type belief system that, you know, life, it's almost kind of Buddhist in a way. Like life is a, they call it the smoke instead of the veil or finding the self, you know, releasing the self, releasing the ego. It's like seeing through the, the fog. And the fog is society is oppressing you with, you know, here's the lines in this culture that we follow. You want to, you know, here's the cultural lines. You can bump the sides, but stay, stay there. And then as a parent, you, su you suppress and squeeze them into this cultural pathway. Set of rules. And you suppress their excitement or like, hey, this, no, you know, don't stop. Every time I catch myself getting upset, like, hey, don't, you know, whatever, don't do that. Or let's, you know, you shift them somewhere. I always replace it in my mind sometimes with, hey, quit having so much fun. Quit having so much fun. Do this other thing. I may as well say that, right? If I said that, it would sound ridiculous, right? But that's literally what I'm doing. Like, you're getting all excited and being loud. You're like, instead of like, yeah, this is awesome. You're like, hey, quit having fun. You, I don't have, you stop having, let's bring Hold the down. fun, bring the fun down, right? <laughs> but then, you. so we're better, we try to be more mindful about, now nah, let's ramp it up. Let's do this. Yes. They're trying to tell us to bring it up. Stop bringing them down. And that's what, replay, and then I'm like, ah, this is much. This is much easier and more fun, you know, right. to a limit. But you're still gonna, you gotta cap it because you got, you gotta teach respect, right? So you limit it, which makes sense because then when you get out of here, you're like, ah, I can finally go crazy, you know. And that's how it's gonna go down. But we're trying to like let them bring us up instead of us bringing them down. We're trying, you know. That's the goal. They're the coolest kids. Yeah. Like every time we get to see you guys, I'm just like, man, they're, they're just, well behaved. They're, they're cool. like, no, it's not just that. It's like they're interesting. You know? <laughs> they're, interesting. They're so interesting to talk to. Like, wow, they have so much, you know, they have so many, like, they know what's interesting to talk about too. I noticed with Diego and Sophia, like last time we saw them around in January or whenever, like they were telling me about all the, jellyfish that they were swimming with and it's like man you know yeah i think i think it's because i i forced them to carve out time where we have some talks it's all the talking let's hang on yeah. out and listening gonna... to them talk about whatever it is to full detail you got to be patient 
wait it out. They're going to explain. You just have to listen. And sometimes it, you, it really is a test teaching someone that you take something, something easy that you know how to do. We're going to read this paragraph. No problem. And you sat with a kindergartner when they're learning a paragraph. Mm -hmm. The place is going... I, no, I'm sorry. So that says the place is going to the meadow, and we we just we're just getting started in this book. You gotta just relax. This is gonna take a while, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. That you know, you want to be go ahead and be impatient. It's gonna just make your life more stressful. <laughs> right. Go ahead and do it. It's just gonna make it harder. So, you know, it's both, you know, it's all, it's all of everything. So, and then somebody was telling me, they're like, you know, why, you know, my, uh, Kenneth actually, he was saying, he listened to the podcast. He's like, why, it's some heavy stuff you're talking to <laughs> Diego about. That's some heavy things. I'm like, well, I could get hit by a bus. Who knows? Whatever. I want to know. I poured it all. I put it all out there. All of it, all the time, everything. So I can oh, go to sleep peacefully. Like, ah, it's cool. He's so, like, mature oh, for his age. Just chill, you know. Yeah. Like Check him out. Him. Just hanging yeah. on out. <laughs> can, you guys, can you guys hear him? Just a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I really, really, really appreciate you guys spending your free Saturdays with me. It was fun to catch up. I, I know we kind of went all over the place oh, for a yeah. while. So Guillermo forgot he was being recorded. That's this is what I wanted. I want this is what it's supposed to be. That's all it is. Way too unfiltered for my taste, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. if you want to come back with bullet points, you know, here's my information here. Bullet yeah, point number me, two wait, here. Tell me what the questions are, and then when you ask it, I'm like, hmm, that's a tough one. And then, and then you're fully ready to go. Like I've never heard before. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. thanks for the opportunity. It's it was fun. Uh, you yeah. should probably edit it and put the <laughs> best highlights of it. Nah, and, that's not that's not how it goes. And just put the parts that makes me look good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was fun. Yeah, thank you. No, we need to, we need to hang again. Maybe we have some uh some zoom zoom drinks, you know. With Melissa, we'll do it tonight. And I miss you guys. I love you guys. I hope we can. You can't wait to see you and hug you again. Same here. We're gonna try to come to Texas next next month. Just don't know when yet. Okay. So. Well, let us know. All right. And thanks for being your awesome selves. Let's talk again soon. Uh, yeah. That sounds good. All right. Love Corey. you guys. Okay. Bye. Mm -hmm. All right. Bye.